Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. Another week of the fifth and NRL podcast and starting to sound like a broken record, but that was another belt around of football. Unreal. Um, again, we've spoken about the factors as to why, but I tell you what, I hope I'm wrong and it continues for the whole year. We can obviously expect probably a bit of a flattening out period during Origin and a couple of sides will be undermanned, but I thought maybe by now we might have seen things start to maybe waver a little bit, but a bunch of games again on the weekend that were close in the balance to the end, a couple of two-point results. The field goal classic, a bunch of halves that stood up. It was another really, really good round of football. Yeah, it was. Fantastic so, round of footy. Very enjoyable. And as always, we are brought to you by bluebet.com.au. Download the app today or visit the website. The true blue bookie. There is no one better. And they support us and our charity account. Uh, better the week. The Raiders. They ruined it. Ricky's Raiders. You ruined it. Let it down. You blew it. Uh, and the charity bet also ruined by Ricky's Raiders. Uh, there was one hundred and thirty-seven dollars. Everything was ticked. Ouch! It was up to the Raiders, and no dice. They led. Strange old game that one. Yeah. Oh, leading, and I thought they did it the hard way. And then the second half, they just copped three in a row in a sin bin, and they never got out of the funk. Yeah. So that hurt. Was hoping to put something in the account there for the charity uh, with Blue Bet, but that unfortunately didn't happen. So we go again this week, like I said, and those. Best bet of the weeks are generally long swing, so shan't be stopping swing. It was a little bit more uh, relaxed this week. It was a three-legger, but we go again. And also keeping us moving, Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby in the team there, corner of York Road, Penrith and Bat Street. Visit the website, SinclairHyundai.com.au, their Facebook, Instagram, 47600603. Toby in the team, tell them that fifth and last sent you, and uh, they'll help sort you out. And as we always say, our longest-term partner, Penrith Solar Centre, Jake and the crew there. There is no one better. Invest in yourself, your home. Help save on your bills and invest in your property. www.penrithsolar.com.au Set of six this week to kick us off, Foxhead. Uh, there probably wasn't as much in terms of you know talking points or things that we already haven't talked about or that'll mould into the reviews and talking about the clubs. There's a lot about movement and signings and just stuff like that this week. Things really, really, really picked up, which was quite surprising for what time of the year it is, but that's what the set of six will be based on this week. So Cool, let's chat. Tackle one, probably the big one that everyone's going on about, um, is Joseph Sueli'i, is now confirmed that he's moving to Rugby Union in 18 months' time, which I find a little bit strange, but again... Um, you Why know, is it strange? Oh. Because we, we're happy to accept the fact that we can sign a year out in league, but when they do it in oh, union, we're upset. It's more for just so much forward planning. Like, you know, what what if you win a comp? What if something changes? Like, th- th- there's multiple things that could happen. Is it 
I, I think probably the number one thing I took away from this and once the numbers come out is it's money and it's life-changing money. So for that, I'm, ne- for sure. I'm never going to begrudge anybody on that side of things. Do I think all this talk about, ah, oh, he's a union boy, he's this and that, like, well, he's a fucking Glenmore Park kid who's grown up playing rugby league at the Brumbies, Glenmore Park Brumbies, and then went to yeah, South. He's, playing, so he's played union, playing union at, at school, school. Yeah. which is fine, but this whole bullshit of he's a league, he's a union, that's all crap. But at the end of the day, that offer's ridiculous. And the funnier part for me, which probably, it still makes me feel better about rugby league, and I'm not going to lose sleep over it, is they had the option to buy him a couple of years ago when he was fresh out of school for $100,000 or two hundred grand, and they didn't do it. Yeah. Well, and now they're buying him back for... Hindsight's a wonderful thing, well, isn't it? But this is also the flip side of what we've said a million times about they've complained about what they've got come to their pipeline or what they're doing, yet they've just spent, you know, potentially $5 million over three years for a kid that's still not even playing fullback in rugby league. Mm. Like, if that's what you're resting all your hopes on when we talk about sustainability, junior pathways and all the mistakes, for, for all the flaws which rugby league has, and rugby league's not perfect, but only stretch of the imagination, we always produce players, and we've been through this before. Israel Flowers left, Carmichael Hunts left, all these guys that have gone before and they've talked about the war chest and Sonny Bill and this, that and the other. There's always another kid right around the corner because we invest in our juniors and our pathways. And I know some people out there, depending where you live, would be arguing right now or disagreeing with me. Some say, you know, the country's been left alone and certain areas have been neglected. 100%. Don't disagree with that whatsoever. But at the foundation of rugby league is grassroots and junior production and we produce players. What's Rugby Union actually producing? What nothing, are they investing? Nothing. That's why they're buying him. Exactly. So yeah. five that's, million. That, that goes back to, that'd be like saying like Melbourne and the Roosters, why do they buy players? Because they don't produce as many. So it's the same thing. Uh, yeah, I, they're, they're not I, spending. Yeah, this whole you know. this whole rugby versus rugby league thing, I, I just I can't buy into it. I, look, if they want to pay him 1.6 a year, they're essentially going to torch themselves in some aspect. You have to be robbing Peter to pay Paul there. Well, the other uh, thing, they were borderline broke not long ago. And really, is he like is he setting the world on fire in the NRL? No, no I, I don't. I don't think he is. So, look, mate, best of luck to the kid. Well yeah. done. Uh, and I've got no doubt he'll be back. I think that's sort of the general consensus. And he'll get to play a home world cup. Uh, Lions yeah. tour, British Lions tour. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool things I he's going to get positive. to do, and he's going to get to travel the world. And yeah, there's a lot of good things that rugby give you. No doubt about it. Like it's absolutely got its upside when you're a professional athlete and you're comparing it toward uh, to the NRL. There's there's certainly some perks. I think it's going to be physically easier on his body as well. There's a lot of a lot of different things, but um, yeah, we firmly believe that the NRL is the best competition in the world, and that you know it's it, it's certainly a more competitive competition. Definitely, and it's a it's a week in week out test, whereas in rugby union. It will, yeah. From my my in my opinion, I think it'll be easier for him. Hundred percent. So and, and he's going to get paid what probably like I said five at least double what he's on now. Well, so more than double. There you go. That's why he went because we're not. Someone taken, came to you and said, "I'll give you double your pay." What's the point I made to do an easier job? Of course you're going to do my it. My comments aren't on the kid. My comments are more looking at rugby union again. And like you still just don't get it. But he's not a kid. He's a man. But so he can own his behaviour. Like he's signed the contract. He wants to do it. He knows what he's doing. Mm. Not a, he's not a baby. No, so no, I'm not pat him on the ass, and then in a year's time, if he's not happy or he's, you know, regretting it, he's going to have to live with that decision for the next three years. Mm. So that, right, that's I, cool. We all have to do that in life. We have to yeah. make decisions. We have to live with the consequences. So he's no different. He's just going to get a nice paycheck to do it. It's their side of the fence. I just can't understand that. And all their own greats have come out seven today for the same reason. And 
you know what, Brendan Smith says some things at times that aren't the smartest, but I actually thought what he said yesterday was pretty much on the money. That one point. But 6, I, I don't really care what Brendan Smith says. I know that, said, but my point like is, like everybody talking about, yeah. I, I, so Ali, I understand why he's done it. And I'd it was do funny it. what he said. I'd do but, it too, but really, he's pretty much sticking it. There's, there's a reason they're sticking a microphone in front of Brendan Smith. You get that, but I think he's hit the nail on the head of what a lot of people probably have been thinking. Okay. He's spending this on one player in, in, in the pub, definitely. But yeah. I just think for RU again, when you got kids that are coming through, or other guys and. They don't invest in their pathway at all. Like to have to buy well, them. What back. do you want them to do? Have some juniors. Look elsewhere. They've never come How out of the West. How are they going to have juniors when their game is inferior to rugby league? Well, you need. If more. you said to a, if you said to a, like even my son now he's he's three, but he knows enough about sport and footy. If you said to him, mate, you can go and play and wear a Panthers badge on your on your chest, or you can go and play this other game where. Yeah, but the point is, where's the option? There has never been one. There and is there is an option. Well, who, we just don't take it. You don't hear about it at all out here. You like, don't. There's a because it gets here. absolutely eaten by rugby league, and that's the point. Yeah, but they don't try. They're in the GPS okay. schools. That's well, it. Th- there's a reason why they don't try, because it's a losing battle. Oh. Oh, I don't mind the strategy. I, I think they should. This, this should be their strategy. If I'm rugby in, and there's no... like I'm not even going to get into a development battle, because how are they, how are they actually going to develop? How long is it going to take them to develop? Probably 20 years. By that stage, you're going to be gobbled up and gone anyway. I, that's my opinion. I, I don't mind them top ending. They went after Eddie Jones. They've gone after Suli. If they, I'd yeah, go and get three or four more. This isn't sustainable. You need both sides of it. So well, it, it is if they're good. successful. It yeah, is. Where's the money come from? They're almost broke. Well, they'll get sponsors. Well, they're getting funded they'll mostly get from private money and of course old boys, which is fine. But that's not sustainable. But it will be if they can start winning, start beating the All Blacks, start beating what, the, what the Wallabies used to be. The big thing, and this is why they fucked up last time, was off the back of that. World Cup and when we had a really good team and they had a lot of money flow in like now they don't even their TV deals on stand for cross sake this next World Cup needs to be really really big for the Wallabies they That's need to point. do well so and there's no point spending your money in development because that ain't going to help you mm, but I'll be top ending I'll be going after it I don't know issue with what they're doing there's nothing to say just off the back of World Cup though they're going to get some TV deal because no one but watches for us the as a game we should be using the development argument and saying, well, that's okay, Joseph. Away you go because there'll be another kid that will come in next well, year that's just as good that's as That's the point so, I made at the who start. Who cares? Why are we talking about it? Play on. Good luck to the kid. There'll be another kid roll in that'll be just as good. Thoughts? Or if not better. Thoughts on... And I, I, I don't agree with this. I Two other arguments were made, but I don't agree with one. I do agree with the other. Gus said that he'd tell him to leave straight away if he was in charge. So he wouldn't let him stay out the eighteen months. He'd want him. Basically, so he'd terminate his contract. He's made his decision, so he'd basically be telling him to be on his way. I'm not saying about terminate, but it was more put to the sense that he'd basically be like, okay, he's made his decision, move on. But my point is, if you're the Roosters for the rest of this season, when did he say that? Well, last night, 100 percent footy. I'm assuming it's the quotes I heard today. But for me, you're already in this season. You've seen that through. If you can get a replacement or someone of similar caliber or someone you're happy with, or use that cap space another way, and you want he's to move only on, he's just resigned, doesn't he? He took an option for next year. And then I think they're not happy, or all the talk is they're not happy because... Who's not happy? His manager is obviously... Well, the Roosters, because they deal with his manager for other players as well. Yeah, but are they a... They're a better team for having Sawali on the wing. Unless they can get Dom Young now. If they can get Dom Young now... I wouldn't let him go this year. But if you can use that money next year and you've got a couple options you want to look at and you come to some mutual agreement, I'm sure... Are we saying... I can understand the comments from Gus. Is Is he saying that... So Ali, uh, so Ali wants to go now? No, I think he's saying once he's made a decision in his opinion, he'd be trying to push him out or basically say but goodbye. He can't. He's on contract. And the other one was the argument about origin. Freddie but that'd said, be like saying that if, if a player 
like for example, the Bulldogs player signed at the Cowboys for two years' time that he'd tell them to walk as yeah, well. they're not changing codes. That's the point. It's still the same thing. Like, and he's still leaving the club to go somewhere else. Others have made the, the argument. argument about, well, we're developing him and the other, he's going somewhere else. The other argument for a lot of people today was free advertisement, basically, because every time his name's going to be mentioned, he's going to rugby union and this rugby union, and you yeah, better just but they've spent $1.6 million to do that, so good luck but to But the other one I did agree with, which I don't I don't even understand why he's on the radar for him anyway, because there's a million other options. But Freddie basically saying that he would still pick him for Origin. Like he's not. Well, if he's the best player, then I don't I, think I he'd agree be in with contention that. for Origin right now anyway. No, I agree. I agree. So but the, what I'm saying is, if he's the yeah, best player, that. then I'd pick him. But the fact that he even got brought up, I was sort of like, well, let's be frank. The centers, we it's know who they are. People trying to do what we're doing now. The wing, right? the wings are open for that. But the options you've got there and the extra center options are other guys that can play on the wing. Given where we are, we're not in a desperate situation to have to pick him. So I don't even know why that's been an argument just wouldn't bother but yeah uh, to me like I'm not really interested in it a lot of forward planning uh, but yeah 2025 and I, I yeah I just look and off you know, the coaching it like we're coaching it, or I'm coaching at cup level and we've got our eyes on cup and flag and you know you've always got your eyes across those those junior competitions you, you just know there's stacks there that heaps of kids that love an opportunity so it's just going to Give one of them a chance. And yeah, we're talking about it because into... of the other reasons, mainly. Like I said, no, I, 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 know, I know that. They'll, they'll, I they'll get replace. That. Good luck to rugby. That's their, t- that's their that's their strategy. Then good luck to them. But I, yeah. I, I like um, Eddie Jones. I've always liked Eddie Jones. I like Eddie Jones too. And I, I just, he's, I just he's look got to have a plan. Like his plan can't be to keep rugby league happy. No, I don't, I don't want him to keep rugby. I just, to, I just look at them and go the best for all these years though, and even with the GPS setup, like. Half the guys they get there, they claim, ah, oh, they're rugby union boys. They're not. They're rugby league kids that go to the schools because the schools are good and they play rugby union because that's yeah. what they play at the schools. I don't know. So your system's just not sustainable. You need I to do I don't more. Know, I don't know enough about it to make a comment because so, I, I don't follow it and I don't have a great interest in rugby union or who comes from where. I just I follow the pathway through and watch the players and that's it. All the other extracurricular stuff, I, I don't really have a... I guess the only other side of it, which is a lot of people, but again, I make the argument of the flip. They're probably not worth the money or the talent's probably not the same because end of the day, we produce But you love the game. Like you love rugby league. Rugby union people love rugby union. So like I just love league and is it better for him to be in the game? Yes, but will there be someone that comes through and take the spot? But on the flip side of them, young guys that are busting themselves to get through and the money they're fighting to get and then you see someone come across on 1.6 million. My one argument is, well, I think we have far superior talent than rugby union. But for your juniors, it's probably but that not goes that, back to your original argument. That's it's not that encouraging argument. again when you're coming through and you're like a Max Jorgensen or someone who's coming on the up, and then this guy comes in and you're I probably don't even on know who Max Jorgensen is. So, so. You know, we're we're acting like we know rugby union. We know nothing about rugby union. It's I, not, I know nothing about it. Yeah, well, it's not about <clears> that, but we'll leave that one behind. Uh, second one, interesting bit today was Jack Whiten has decided he's going to go on the open market. So this deal, long term deal that he signed, he's had options every year. It's basically been un- unspoken because. You know, he's been activating the options the whole way along. But next year, 2024, is the final year that he has the player option. Um, and rightfully so. He's, he's going to market and he's going to test that. David Furness came out today and said, obviously, that's every right to do so. I'm happy for him to do that. And that's fair enough. And Why is David? Don Furner. Well, Don. Don sorry, I thought you said, yeah, you said David. Well, I think the thing I was typed like, David Well, I think the article was typed wrong today. Cause it, did, it, it did say David, but you're right. Don Furner is there. Yeah. Or Don Ferner okay. Jr., not Don Ferner Sr. Junior. But his words were basically exactly that. He's been there long term, I think 14 years or so now, from juniors all the way through. Like when I was there, he was they just got him in for our mats. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been there the whole time. He's well within his rights to do so, and they have you know every intention of trying to keep him. So I guess the argument we come to here is is this 
money? Is it years? Is it the fact that, you know, with one year left to go, what's going on around him with the halves sort of market? Like, uh, to be honest, I, I, knowing basically what he's on, 900K and heading into an option that's probably got a slight increase on that. It's been almost nine the whole way along. I really think he's probably on market value, if yeah. I'm being honest, because for what he brings and what he does, they've sort of been a middle of the pack team the whole time he's been there by that grand final year. Um, you know, good running player. It reps, has the versatility, obviously, to play centers. A couple other positions, but as far as a six or a seven, I've been an absolute game breaker. He's not a guy that I think if he went to the open market, he's going to be getting 1.2, 1.1, 1.3 million dollars. I think where he's at right now is probably his ceiling. The, the flip side of that is if he wants that money, I think I know where it's going to be, and it's not going to be a place you're going to play good footy. It's going to be at the Tigers or one of the bottom clubs like the Dragons. It's going to pay overs to get you there, but is that the best way to finish the back end of your career? Mm. So I look at this and think maybe it's more years than anything. Because if it's money, I, I again, I don't know what he's thinking or his management's thinking, but I don't know. What what would you pay for Jack? I, I think 900's pretty pay, much on I'd par. Pay him. I'd pay him 1.1. Moses is getting, what, 1.3? That's mm. if I'm a, if I'm another club. Like, But this is the thing, right? So the value of Jack Whiten to Canberra, the value of Jack Whiten yeah, to the Roosters, the value of Jack Whiten to the Dolphins... They're, yeah, it's like a house, like so house value. That's the only other one that really popped up today. That they've I already, guess the value is is if you decide that you want him. They've already come out and said they're interested, and of course they are. They're looking for of course are, yeah. a big-name signing, but again, the intention of it, is he looking just purely for a payday and to finish up, or is he going there for the right reasons? Because they've also said they don't want to be used in that regard, or are they just in another position here where another player is going to be using them as a stepping stone to, you know... Get themselves a good deal. Like that obviously happened on plenty I last think, year. I don't, like I think Jack's using every club to get his, the best deal. But how many years? Isn't would, it? Isn't it like they're saying this is the first time that he's tested the open market? Then he's doing that for well, a he's taking his options. Yeah. To say, okay, well that's that's what I can get somewhere else, and go back to camera and say, can you give me that? But if not, well then to truly understand his value. Well, if I don't have a problem with it. I think he'll resign with Canberra. I, I can't see him leaving Canberra. So if you're Canberra and there's one year left, what yeah. sort of deal would you be willing to do? I would, I would, say, to Jack, I would say to Jack, go away, do whatever you want, speak to whoever you want, field some offers and come back to us and let's talk. That's what I would do. Because at the moment, the first thing is Canberra don't need to panic. They need, they need to hold their nerve. Uh, I, I don't think Jack has an appetite to want to leave. Like you really wouldn't want to uproot your family and you know, you've been there for... A long period of time. That's probably where he's going to retire and leave post footy. So that all needs to be taken into account. Uh, I, I think they just hold their nerve. They let him go and field offers, whatever his management want to do, go for it. But just give us final say. Come back to us when you know what you what you think your market value is, and we'll do our absolute best to match it. Well, the other there's flip- no doubt Campbell want to keep him. Yeah, they do. That's what they said today. Yeah. But my only point here is on the flip side though. Sometimes it doesn't. The reality doesn't exactly match what your expectations are. So he might go out to market and For we're what? talking about yeah. top-end teams that already have halves that won't make you an offer and your only options are those bottom teams. And if they're around the same money, you're only a little bit better. Like if it's just purely on that side of things, like I, I don't really know if anyone, bar, like I said, one of those bottom two or three teams or a Dolphins who have excess money to spend are really going to blow his socks off, which is why I think he'll stay at Canberra. But if you're Canberra, what would you be willing to table? Like how many years? We've got a 30-year-old, been there for a long time. <clears throat> I'd be happy to give him... Are we saying that he's going to take his option up next year or are we saying from next year is it the first year of his deal? Well, I'd assume they'd want to rework it or read a new deal. So. <clears throat> okay, so I'd give him three. Three years, what money? 
one one. All right, so two hundred thousand upgrade, three years, taking two to his thirty three. Yeah. Okay. You think on the market there would be anyone significant you think would offer him because more than don't Canberra? Think that the cap's going to go up by that much anyway. Like, what percentage of the cap is that? It's two hundred thousand for one player across the duration of three years. Hasn't the salary cap gone up enough to? Well, that's really the other reason why I grab think that out. A like, lot of these guys will be testing <clears throat> or doing what they're doing. So really, like, if nine, what what is nine hundred now would be one point one in in that time anyway, wouldn't it? The cap went up this year. He wouldn't have got a bump. Like 900, he would have been well, on 900 last year to this unless year. Unless he's going to ratchet, but by yeah. the sound of it. So essentially, this is just his, just a way of getting the ratchet from uh, management. I think, just wonder, it? like I said, years and money. And then, yeah, the other options. Without I Without knowing the ins and outs of it. I don't see <laughs> one. Too many others without it being somewhere again where you're not going to be happy playing football. Yeah, because yeah, like I, I think they look really good with Fogarty there. Mm. Once they get Savage back, I think they'll be... Because they're playing Chris there, who's who is out of position. Yeah, totally. And they've sort of a lot of what they do as a team, particularly offensively, is based around mm. is, is based around Jack. But like I said, you can look. It's not going to be a Cowboys, a Broncos, a Storm, a Panthers, like all those teams. Yeah, it's but not. you never know. Like if it's an upgrade on who you've got. And yeah, but they've can... already got guys. I'm saying on long term deals yeah, or no, contracts where it's but not we going know to be that possible. Those, those so we're talking dragons. Hopeless. We're talking tigers. We're talking red, red, like Redcliffe. From what you've seen, if you're interested in a change and money and everything's good, you know they've certainly overachieved from what people are talking now. And then you look what's going there next year. I can see them being. They're yeah. probably the only real one that popped to made today. When I thought, okay, it's an interesting <laughs> proposition for somebody if the money's good and there's years there and things are real positive this year. And you yeah, look what's like going I, in. Like I said to you over dinner, like if are you really going to uproot? Say it's even a hundred k more across three years. Like it's three hundred thousand dollars. Well, the other like, thing really is, really going to uproot for that. If it was for a comp- say, say Canberra, goes, we'll, we'll meet you at one. Dolphins go one one. You're not moving unless you want to. No. Move. So but I think what, we I, don't, what we don't I'm know that. in my headspace, I'm probably thinking to get him. Like I, I would think Canberra would at least match a mil if he's on nine hundred now. So to get him, you're probably after going to go to one point two five somewhere like that to really like blow his socks off and go okay like. This is significantly more money than what I can make playing in Canberra. I think that's what this is about. It's going to be about market value. And then it's going to be about, well, how much more money can I make on top of what I would if I, if I would have stayed here? If I'm member, like I'm, not, I'm not going that far. No, and I, I wouldn't expect Canberra to do that. that that's my point. I well, think that's where it's going to become, that, that's where it will come to a head when Canberra say, no, this is our price. We understand your market value or what, what someone is willing to pay you. Hmm. But what is realistic for us is this price, and then that's when you get into the finer details of the negotiation, like if it's an extra year or if it's, you know, bonuses or performance bonuses or origin bonuses or international bonuses or games played bonuses, like whatever it is. I mean, you can you can top up in that regard, or it's third parties. I guess they've got to look at the different ways that they can try and get close to that number. Mm. Well, interesting, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't see him going. I don't think he's leaving. Like I said, the only one that really stood out to me was the Dolphins because again, they've got money. Things have started off better than what I thought, but um, yeah, I think it's more just like we said, timing. Thirty years old, got the option up his sleeve. Probably wants years money and just to see where he's at at this point in his career. Right. Yeah. And where he's standing mm-hmm. is for some clubs, but yeah, I think when you really sit down and look at the end of the day, I think any of the better money or better deals is going to be places where you're going to end up in a worse football team. Bar maybe one situation. Yeah. So via perception. 
Tackle three, uh, Manly. Aaron Woods, it's been dragging out for the last couple of days, but he almost confirmed it three days ago before anyone said anything, but it's now confirmed. So Aaron Woods has transferred mid-season. Uh, his contract expires into the year, so for them, there's nothing really tied to him except they pick up sign with a bit of experience, and they've traded out two younger blokes, Alec Tuatavaki and Viliami Fafita. Fafita was contracted still for next year. Uh, Tuatavaki was off contract in this year. He's injured until mid to back end of the season, so for them there, that's basically just somebody who's going. Who they well, Viliami's been injured as well. Like, work on a sign. He hasn't played any cup games yet, has he? No. He had a really good preseason. Like the games he played was good, but he obviously got injured in those, I'm assuming, because he's played no games yeah, since. He's carrying some injuries. They get him a year mm-hmm. early. Um, I think if you're looking at it on the surface in terms of what you swapped out for age and potential and ability, Viliami's not a bad get, but also on the flip side of heading to the Dragons right now. Don't know who the coach is. Don't know what the situation is. Or I don't know if I would have been looking. It's just an opportunity to play, isn't it? And that's like, probably when you really want to, you can take or cut all the fluff out. What's this about? It's about an opportunity to probably play regular NRL that he's not going to get at Manly. And for Manly, Seabold's with made it out that he talked to the Trebojevic's and everyone there that's had something to do with him at all the clubs. It's another experienced player. Someone there during the origin period. He obviously starts on the outside. And again, I, I think the only thing that sort of hit me again, similar deal to where his situation is at the Dragons. Mm. I don't think he's in their best 17 anyway. Woods isn't in who's best 17. Manly's best 17 either. No. Yeah, that's that's not for me to decide, but I, you wouldn't think so. If he's no. not in the Dragons' best 17, Manly are a significantly better team than the Dragons. Mm. Well, when you look at their starting medals now that Jake's mm. been pushed to prop mm. and the way they're playing now, and then the bench makeup is basically two middles, a centre-back row and a utility. Yeah. With what they have right now, he's not pushing anyone out. Paseca's been playing. Yeah, Paseca's been great. Jake plays big minutes. Yeah. Like I said, if you, if you look at the way they're structured at the moment, then Bullimore coming on. Bullimore's been very good. Alloy coming on. Ben's playing that sort of mixed back row, centre yeah. cover role. Like, I think for now but he's... I think, yeah, the purpose is probably going back to what you said originally, is that it gives them good depth. It gives them a senior player. Mm. So, but, so yeah, from, for me, I, that perspective, I would have I, preferred I, I for Fredo, but maybe, yeah, it's more the fact that he wants to go play now and hopefully play now, which if you look at the Dragons, they'd be crazy probably not to play him right now. Yeah, they need some leg speed and they need a big body, fit and healthy. Yeah. So, Tuatavaki is an interesting one because his contract finishes. So I, I didn't mm. read if they sign an extended or if they're just saying how things go for the rest of the year. But all I saw was them wearing their shirts. I'm well, not exactly. I, I would think it's probably it's a suck it and see. Like if you're the Dragons, do you, yeah maybe a year, maybe extend him another year. I guess it depends on what the wedge is. It's a top 30 spot. How many spots do they have in their top 30? Well, there it is there. So Tuatavaki's gone over. He's development next year. So off the back of an injury. He's development He's locked next in year. for next year. Uh, and Fafita's got an extension on top. So he uh, went... Oh, sorry. No, St. George. St. George. Yeah. So right. Fafita was already contracted a man into 24. They've added 25 on. So he's locked in. Wow. They've given him an extra year to go over. So he's going to get two so that solid... That makes sense for Viliami. Yeah. And I don't blame them. It makes sense for Manly. Like if Manly are going, well, we want to let you go. Well, I think they didn't get have a choice. They, they already said he'd already yeah, signed. You for... look at just look at it from a Ross perspective, right? He's probably not going to play for you because you you sorted in the back row. I don't know how much money he's on. I think that's irrelevant. It's just that you've got someone there that you're not really going to use. That you can spend that money elsewhere. Well, for the Dragons, I think they sort of and he can secure an extra year. They put them in this spot though because they'd already signed him a week ago and announced it. So he's already signed like similar deal, two years in advance or eighteen months in advance. So for them, it was basically well, let's swap. 
But I think they basically said to the Dragons yeah. once they announced it, we're not giving them away for nothing. Which is why I think we should have a free agency period and just yeah. eliminate that sorting ahead of time. I just think it's dumb. And Manly also extended Christian Tupelotto into a 25. I think it's He's good. been playing He's, he's been well. great. Yeah. Busy in yardage. Uh, tackle four on the theme of signing news again. Said this last week for your mob, the Titans, that Ken Marmolo was signed. Now it's been confirmed the deal he's got until 2025. So... He's not only come across, and I think maybe had a year similar deal. I think he maybe had a year to do go. We need, like, do we need an outside back? Well, again, with all the moves going on, it's interesting. You're very young in the outside backs, that's for sure. But they also released Herbert, who's injured. Uh, and they let Marju go on that trade to get Randall up there, so maybe they feel they're an OB short. Yeah, uh, but they created that situation, boy. I would have kept Marju over Marmolo. Uh, yeah, Marmolo comes up, and now he's yeah. there until 25. So I think. The Tigers deal had... End of 25. Well, I think he already... So he's got another two and a half years. He either had that time to run or they've given him another year on top, but... Ouch. And then the rumour is now that Thomas McKayley, who was at the Tigers, is coming back and will be going to the Gold Coast. And they've also been linked to Cruz Leaming, so... Mm. A couple of things potentially to happen there. The McKayley one's really, really strong that that's going to happen, but the Leaming... He was linked to the Cowboys originally, which didn't make sense to me with Robson, unless they were looking for another backup. But they've got Granville, who they've kept there forever as well. That doesn't look like it's going to eventuate, but um, yeah, a little bit going on at the Gold Coast. Tackle five, the Panthers, no surprise here. Um, they've made it no secret of the way they've been moving with the way they've spent their money on big-name players. They locked in Edwards. They locked in Luai. They locked in Cleary. Their front row has got long-term deals. They've been selective about who they wanted to pick, and no surprise now, Yo is now extended. He was already on until 24. He's now extended until 27. Yeah. So they've made sure he's going to be a Panther for life. And uh, Smart. who yeah. could blame him? Like, what's Yoey? Yoey's probably like 27, 28? Yeah, I think so. So, you know, he's coming like into the prime of his football. If he hasn't already played 200 games, he's pretty bloody close, surely. He's been around for a while. Debuted 18, 19. Yeah. He's at the peak of his powers. No surprise again. They talk about what we said before. Building around a couple of your spine positions and then you need, you know, either a really good couple of middles or an edge or a lock, but with the way they play their football, he's crucial to what Nathan does, to what Dill does, etc. So they've made a real focus around all the success and who they've let go or where they've prioritised their money um, in certain positions. And he's certainly one of those guys they want to invest in. So Definitely. that's another one off the table. And then I guess, like I said, the big glaring one right now is, you know, they didn't want to give Martin a long-term deal just yet on the money. They were happy to let Kiko go for that reason. Garner, it's now come out, has a bunch of injuries and niggles, which is why he's been playing next to no minutes and is out of the team this week. So, obviously, you know, they feel like positions like back row, center where Stephen Crichton is in the OBs, they can sort of roll through. I think the big one they've got right now that they need to sort out in the next 12 months is Hooker. Because as much as I love Sony, again, the other night, gets KO'd. He's had some injury problems over the years, which is why he sort of went out of the system. Kenny's not your answer. But in terms of what's pushing up in behind right now, Cup's got Luke Summerton. Riley Smith was touted off the back of his Australian schoolboys to be the next big thing at nine. They're playing him as a half now. Mm. Connor Mason's playing flag, who's played a little bit cup like They don't really have a definitive answer right now on someone who's their nine. I'm not saying they quit on those two players right away right now, but there's no way Mitch Kenny's a long-term plan of hooker. Yeah. So, And like I said, I love Sonny, but I think he needs a partner. You can't rely on him as you said last week. Yeah, we disagree on that. I, I think you could... Physically, I can't see him get through a whole year playing 80 or 60. I think he's a ten, he's a, a dual hooker. He needs to be partnered with someone. Yeah, right. Yeah. But 
for them. Smart move, I think, with Yo. Uh, and the last one, which is the one that raised a lot of eyebrows, was the talk of Parramatta, which, is, again, as everything's reported, a million different ways. The way it's realistically come out is they've sort of sat down with him, knowing he signed until 2025 on big money, that if they went out and found someone who can bring a bit of X-factor, in their words, to the fullback position, could they reshuffle things? So, essentially, I'm, I'm assuming that means for him that he plays centres again. And then maybe Wanga Blake is your odd man out, which wouldn't surprise me. If I'm him, I don't... Like, originally, I thought it was a mistake when they paid him the money they didn't sign him for Penrith, but I think he's the obvious man out in terms of why they restructure. The question is, though, as much as I've... I even said a couple of years ago, I would have went after Manu. Who are you getting that's an upgrade on Gutherson right now, middle of the year? Like, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. But I... Again, the conversation's been leaked. What actually was said and what's been reported... I think it's often things are often often printed to create controversy. Well, if you look, who's actually available? Didn't he? Didn't he front the media today? No idea. Gutherson. I'm pretty sure he spoke today. But I just found it interesting of all like the X factor talk. I'm like, okay, so if you reshuffle it and he's not there, saving so tries and cleaning up and pushing around the football in terms of what's off contract this year. Mm. Dane Laurie, William Kennedy, Ko Weeks. They're probably the ones you're looking at. So you're either going with a young guy. Or you're going with somebody like Kennedy. I'd go and get Kennedy. So Kennedy, then it comes down to, okay, can we afford him if we're paying you 800 850 and now we're trying to move you to the centres? But is Wong a bloke off contract? And that's my question. I can't see his name. He is off contract. Right. So if well, he's on 500... There's your answer. He's on more than that. You want to try and mix he's that in there somehow. The one that probably... Who's on contract right now, if you want to talk about someone who's got X-Factor, but again, week-to-week consistency, Jaden Campbell. Is he off? He's not off. You guys signed him, but if I was going to ring somebody and ask for someone who's got a, a you know, bit of X factor about him, if you're going to reshuffle your team or try and make things happen a little bit more from fullback, mm. certainly think he's a guy who's got X factor. Do I think he'll be a seven or eight out of ten every week like Clint Gutherson and save tries and cover ground and be around every single ruck and doing everything? No, but if they're looking for a point of difference from fullback rather than just a worker, which was my argument about the money they gave him originally for that because they've given him elite fullback money, um, yeah. If not, like I said again, if it's not somebody like a Kennedy who's pro- you could probably get for less who would do a good job there, it'd be investing in a kid or scoping someone's talent and trying to steal somebody who you think's got a big future the next year or two. But the options right now, mid-season for getting someone in, I was like, well, realistically, if you're looking who's off, if you rang Manly and said we want KO Weeks, they're going to tell you to fuck off. The Tigers might let you have Dane Laurie, but is Dane Laurie an upgrade or going to bring that X factor? Probably not. I think he's a solid player, but I don't think it's going to change the situation drastically. The only really one out there he's not off contract that I thought about he might be able to get is Campbell. But you guys just lost Brimson. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to let him go. You truly, like, to get what they're talking about was more the point I made the other year when Manu was off. If I was them, I would have thrown the kitchen sink at Manu. And if you were going to keep him, it would have been, like I said, on five or six or whatever, and he would have been a really well-paid center or something else. Otherwise, he would have been out the door. Because I get the character stuff. I get the things that are irreplaceable. But it's a mistake to pay somebody elite money in their position when they're not that as such. And he's very important to them, don't get me wrong. But eight fifty, nine hundred, like four year deal, three year deals, like yeah. He provides value in a lot of ways, but I couldn't pay him that money. Yeah, let's see what plays out. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that it's leaked out. Yeah, well, it seemed pretty open. I didn't see what you were talking about today, but I have to have a look. Um I haven't seen a whole lot there. No, when I was I was dropping the kids to school this morning and they were saying on SEN that apparently Brad Arthur and Gutherson were going to front the media today. But yeah, mm. 
yeah, I haven't seen it. It's just more of what everyone talked about. And again, people like Billy Slayer on that were absolutely dumbfounded that they're going. Yeah, but they, again, they, they, they weren't in the room. They, yeah, exactly. They're assuming that they know what the conversation is. And, and I, that was the point where they're I'm saying. I'm not trying to hose it down. They've not it's surprised not an issue, him but, or they haven't jumped in with it. They've yeah. more approached him to say, look, if we can do this, are you up for it? And it seems like as a club man and the person is that he probably would be. Yeah. But I guess if they're not, they're not kicking you out, they're not affecting your dollars and you're there until 2025, it's, well, they can't get rid of him anyway. But it's whether, you know, he would make that move if they thought they could get somebody that could improve their situation. Mm. So just found it interesting mid-year, especially the whole talk was they had no money for all those guys last year and they're trying to find money now. So wherever they randomly got money to go get another fullback. Yeah, That's the other yeah. thing I found interesting. <clears throat> Who knows? But yeah, plenty going on with the signings, plenty of uh, movement, plenty of people changing clubs, changing codes, and then a couple of people re-signing long-term, so... There you go. That wraps up that set of six. Let's jump in and review the games from the weekend. Eos Panthers, this was no surprise what you generally expect from a Battle of the West. It was a cracker game. It was. 17-16. Absolute slugfest. Uh, felt like Penrith, to be honest, were getting on top in terms of winning that field position and territory battle. But seeing again what we talked about coming into this season is you slowly take away key components. Uh, they just they just haven't been as effective in attack. I haven't been his effective attack at all. It's very clunky. Yeah, like but watching them live, and I took took Henley to this, and that's a different conversation in itself. But <clears throat> um, I don't think their middles are generating a lot of momentum. Like they they just seem a little bit clunky across the board. I know a lot's been put down to Coruscant, but like even if Coruscant's playing behind the middle at the moment. I'm not sure that they're generating as much as what, for example, Parramatta's middle are generating. I, I think he helps the middle, though, in terms of the way he works at Ruck and gets yeah, guys so going forward. I'd... You still need someone to kick the door in. I just don't feel like they're doing that as well as what they possibly could have done. Well, Moses and Fish only had 40 and 60 or 70 metres each compared to the other two front rowers on the other side at 250 apiece, but it was almost like well, their game go. plan was we use our back three to get forward and we use those guys to front load in defence because I thought they did a great job trying to bash power like they did in the grand final, play one and two, but they just didn't have the, the second punch on the back of it attacking-wise because they don't have those players anymore. It seemed very pedestrian the way they attacked. But Taruva was 300-plus off 27. Toto was 300-plus. Dylan Edwards was 300-plus. But Fish, while he only had minimal carries, had 58 tackles. Moses mm. almost had 40 tackles, but only had 40 metres. So it was almost like our back three will get us forward and generate that momentum, and Tago helped out like Crichton was the one that really let, let him down, I thought, out of, the, out of the five. The other four were super busy. But it was almost like, we'll just grind in this weather from the back in the wet and we'll let our forward pack sort of front load player one, two, and try and bash them out of the game. But they also made errors and kind of gave away penalties, I thought, any time they got in good field position as well. The seven errors to three in the conditions, they, they defended outstanding considering the situation. They made 80 extra tackles. They only had 12 misses for the whole game. Um, but... They're just not as effective. They're really not. And again, it, you lose both your nines as well for a bit. Sony comes on. Obviously, at the end there, you've got the Sinbin situation. But the only time one of their sort of plays looked fluent was when they scored that try late to get equal with Hosking. That's the one time that they ran a bit of shape and it actually looked a bit threatening. I don't know if they were just a bit flat and it's because it was play five, etc. But for the most part, during the game... In good ball, they lack the ability to get a quick play of the ball. Or it just didn't work together. The halves or there was extra pressure because they're not, like you said, generating enough out of the middle of the field. Mm. So on the Parramatta side of things, great response. Again, they could have been 4-0 and or 0-4, but they get a win. They get it against Penrith. Um, you know, Moses, obviously, 
kicks the winning field goal. Great moment for him off the back of what happened. The two front rowers, Campbell Gillard, Paul, were huge. I thought the pack in general was great. Like Hopgood had a few moments again where he probably pushed some passes, but busy. Matt Owen returned 50-plus tackles and busy, and Cartwright's been great since getting that opportunity in the back row so far this year. And Probably the interesting one was the move to get Hodgson off the field and debut Hansi. I, I sort of thought the first few weeks he's throwing Hodgson straight back into playing 80 minutes. I was surprised he named Brendan, but he, he made an outstanding impact on the game when yeah, he came. Very, very good. So yeah. I'm more interested now to see how that plays out moving forward. Hmm. Do they stick with that sort of timeshare where Hodgson plays maybe 50 minutes and then they finish with Brendan to try and get you know, a bit of momentum? Because he certainly has transitioned very well to that position. He was a junior half the whole way through. Yeah. He was at Penrith and it's only the last couple of years he sort of played nine while he's been at Para. But, you know, that try he got, he started that sort of movement at the ruck to generate, you know, that sort of deception which led to him getting the ball back. But he he was big. Um, and I probably guess the big moment that everyone had, that, that field goal was insane. From Cleary. Yeah, ridiculous. It's it's sort of sort of dampened it all a little bit, or it sort of went on the back when they lost the game. But Just to you, even get the legs on a kick like that. Oh, 47 <laughs> flat off the... I, I thought they needed a two-pass sort of be deeper. Then to take into account, last play, contacts of the game, fatigue, yeah. wet weather, angle, and distance. Piked it. Yeah. Couldn't have hit it any better. Um, when that Incredible happened play. and Paulo got binned, though, I'm thinking, this is theirs. They're going to win here. And well, then they, they would have. You have the slip they and would've. Kenny gets binned. And I, again, to me, I get everything at the moment is you can't touch the head or it's an accident or not. But I, I thought that was overkill. I thought a penalty. I didn't know if it needed to be a sin bin, but, you know, that's the way things are at the moment. Like, Paulo's left, his legs jumped, hit a bloke directly in the head. Kenny's run down for a kick chase and a bloke slipped or been chopped and changed heights. Like, I think it's a fair big difference between the two. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, that ends up giving him the penalty to go downfield. And Moses, like we said, has been here in the drums beating, and especially the week before with the try to use the old uh, Roosters rumour to get things going, which Politis obviously got on the front foot. I'm sure he wasn't feeling too great about the way management handled things. But luckily for him, deal secured, everything locked in, and he comes up with a winning field goal. Yeah. So... A little bit of uh, less noise around Parramatta for now, but it doesn't get any easier. They play the Roosters this week, who come off the back of uh, a good result. Um, a week off, and Manu is suspended, isn't he? So this is a, an opportunity for Parramatta, I guess, but for them, they've now got Paulo suspended, who's been yeah, been huge the first four weeks for them. So, um, you know, and you obviously want your big boppers coming into Jared and the Roosters. So Campbell Gillard, a couple of those guys. Madison's obviously at the first game back. They're going to have to step up this week uh, for Penrith. Like you said, that moment for Cleary was great, but I thought Taruva and the back three were excellent. Uh, Hosking obviously had a big game. I thought Yowie was really, really good to the middle. And like I said before, those guys didn't produce those metres, but their back three was sort of the starting point. But defensively, like Fish made 57 or 58 tackles. They only missed 12, like I said, it was... It was huge, but the Parramatta pack as a whole, I thought, was the real difference. They were. Their, no doubt their about forward it. pack was yeah. huge, but their front row, um, and then that swap at nine, was that was big. So, interested to watch them play this week. Storm Tigers, uh, 24-12. This one, in all honesty, it wasn't pretty, but I guess for Melbourne, when you look at what they've done the last two weeks, in particular how filthy he was after the Titans game, whether it was like 17, 18 penalties and 10-plus uh, errors and 10-plus penalties, they almost completed at 90%. Eight errors still isn't great. Seven penalties isn't really what he's after. But 
you complete at those sort of numbers, you get Munster back in the team, um, you're going to have a much better chance to win. And they were much more disciplined in their defence. Their missed tackle count in that game was obviously ridiculous as well. I, I look at Melbourne as, as a work in progress on the side of things where not only the injuries, but some of the guys that are playing roles that are unfamiliar and getting yep. used to it. So... Get, like we said last week, to freak out after three games and say it's all done and dusted, I think it's a massive overreaction. Well, is, and then you look at a game like this again, another 80 minutes for Liero, who I thought had a pretty good game. Katoa and Pezzett, the two weeks they've spent together, and he showed it with Hughes. Plenty of potential there. Katoa was good again. Tui gets another 50 minutes under his belt. Welch, who's building in after missing a whole season, got 47. Tarek only played 20 minutes, but they're building him up after barely having a preseason. Like All those little things. Warbrick's confidence few games, hasn't had those players inside him because they've had so many missing. Scores a nice try, 200-plus metres, 20 carries. Like all those things, if I'm Craig Bellamy, you just tick, tick, tick. And then more importantly, it's just the foundation of what they do, which has really pissed him off the last two weeks, which I can't blame him. Shit completions, poor discipline, poor defence. Like Regardless of who plays, he expects that. And if you lose, well, then you, know, you should lose closer. At least you know you put yourself in the fight. If you do what they've done the two weeks prior, you're going to have no chance regardless who plays for you. Yeah. Um, but Nelson probably still a little bit away. Getting more minutes into those guys brings me, you know, like I said, more confidence. And Welch was sort of saying today that they're, you know, perhaps still probably mid-year, but, you know, get Hughes back in him, Nelson, and establish those forwards with some minutes. You know, we'll, we'll see what's kind of happening after Oregon. Yeah. But that, that's... Yeah, just a lot, of, a lot of panic would have been taken out of... Those looking to sink Melbourne. Mm. I know the Tigers aren't what you would call... Nah. A, you know, they're not a threat to the top eight at the moment, or at least what it looks like at the moment. So And a Melbourne of old probably should have put 40 or 50 on it this doesn't team. Matter. So it doesn't matter. They just Monster's need to win. first game back. They've got a lot of guys out. He so. was good, and like I said, Pezzett was really good. A couple yeah. of dropouts. Still very and, clunky, but it's a result. Yeah. Did their job. For the Tigers side of things, I've seen the same thing I've seen the whole way through. Like, you freak out and change three or four spy members a couple of weeks in, and then everyone's just shitting on Luke Brooks again. It's the same story every year. Mm. Like, was he great? No, but fuck, with the coaching, the situation, the stability, and then now you've flipped three or four spot. Like, what do you expect? Mm. And then you don't play properly. You're playing lateral pass-first football for 60 or so minutes, and then when they start running, they actually look half-decent. And then you board Arpy over as your captain and your focal piece, but you don't play from the middle of the field. If that's your focal piece of your spine and you've bought all these forwards as well, why the fuck are you playing tip-tip sideways lateral football? Yeah, well, they need to get the baseball bats out. That's what they, that's what they need to do. What you've bought says exactly what you've just said. You've bought Uppy Coruscant, David Clamour. They upgraded off of Gary, who they managed to drop this week. Like, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. And then even Papali, who will do, like, you know, he can hit a hole and be nice on the edge, but he works. Bateman's a worker in a garage. Like, they're ugly football players. Yeah. Use them and Arpy to build your game, and then off the back of what they produce in the middle of the field and his craft, then play off your halves. Not this sideline to sideline bullshit. And then later on in the game, they start running and they get second phase and things start happening for them. Like, you know, the, Melbourne didn't score a point the second half. Yeah. But you look at what the Tigers did to themselves early and the errors, and you're just like, well, you never stood a chance. Honestly. Um,. Interested to see if he sticks with his spine. And I don't understand the mind games either from Sheens. And then after the game, they ask about Bateman's injury. Prior to him playing, he was acclimatizing. He had an ankle injury. He didn't have an ankle injury. Don't ask me. And then it looked like he hurt his ribs. And then he was trying to play games. I'm like, you're not in a situation where I'd be worried about playing games. Just figure out what the fuck you want to do with your football well, team. It's just under pressure. 
So <clears throat> and they're not winning. It's difficult. Mm. Uh, I thought Bateman was pretty good considering. Uh, Junior Tupo looks a bit of a player. They got him over, I think, from Rugby Union on the wing there. He was pretty good. Um, I don't know. He played a lot of New South Wales Cup last year. Good player. Spine wise, what would you be going with? Like, I know after the end of last week, they've flipped out and obviously moved Dewey and gone with Wakeham and Brooks. Arpy's a lock. There's no doubt about it. But would you have got started, uh, stayed with Brooks and Dewey for a bit longer and kept Laurie at fullback or? Well, yeah, I think the issue that you've got is you you don't really have a controlling number seven. That's the issue that they've got. They don't have a steering wheel to that side. I, I would be using Appy as a steering wheel to the team. That's the point Splitting I'm saying. Splitting the halves that on both sides. And try to sort of play through the middle of the field and use Appy as your, I guess, as your steering wheel. But that's a different style of footy to what they're trying to play. They're trying to have their three key men link up and hope that Appy can do enough to get them into a position to shift the ball on alongside. And yeah, I think maybe they need to narrow their focus and play through the middle third of the field. Well, they've recruited that way. And yeah, just because you recruit that way doesn't mean you're going to play that way. That's mm. not how they're playing at the moment. That, that'd be what I'd be doing. I don't think it so much matters about who's in your spine. It's how you play and how you play based on the plays that you've got in your spine. If you're going to play, Brooks, Dewey, and Laurie, it's probably a different style. You know, it's it's if, you've got, if you've got Dewey at fullback, yeah, I think they really need to just work out who's playing where and then what's their plan. How are they going to get results? How are they going to best play their own style? They need to work out what their own style is and, and stick to it. And look, Sheen's, Sheen's has been around for a long time. You'd like to think that he's, he's got his head around it. He's copping a lot of shit at the moment, but I think he'll hold his nerve. I think the, the issue they've probably got there at the moment is they've got Benji, who's been told he's got the job. Sheens is currently in the job. They've got Robbie Farrow there. Yeah, there's probably a lot of different ideas, and if those three coaches are going and talking to players and they've all got different ideas, what's actually getting communicated, and then what is actually the final product that you see on the field, like you can't tell me that that's how they're training. There's no way that how they're playing is how they're training. So I guess the issue is trying to transfer what they're doing at training onto the field successfully and why it's not transferring. Are they not creating enough of those difficult situations at training to expose some of these problems before they get on the field? That's probably the biggest issue, I think. That's gone a little bit deeper than probably what you asked me. but No, well, I'm, that's what I'm sort of getting at. But I, I'm you probably you sound like you agree with what I've brought up. Like The fact that you've brought Arpy over to me and what you've done that's the best part of your spine right now. So I don't know why you don't centralise with what you've recruited to play off that first. And that should open up opportunities off the back of his craft. Yeah, but if you sat down with the coaches, they might say, yeah, we're trying to do that. It's just not happening. Well, it doesn't look like it. They're just going sideline, sideline. No, no, just because it doesn't look like it it doesn't mean that that's not what you're trying to do. They also don't really run shape off what when they're going sideways. Like, it's just drifting, almost looking to pick somebody up. Like, if if you're going to play laterally, you have to have things happening off shape. Can't just be drifting across field going, I'll pick somebody up, I'll pick somebody up. It's not so much that. It's that if you want to shift the ball sideways, you need to create space. How do you create space? You create space by shortening the defensive line. How do you shorten the defensive line? You shorten the defensive line by running hard and shortening spaces, essentially, or leaving men out of the line. And That's what shortens a line. Here's the other one I heard last week, which is not the case now, but someone last week goes, I don't understand why they haven't gone better. Because they're number one in offloads and they had the most running meters. It's like, well, they also have the most fucking errors. 
And they all so that probably tells you that maybe it's their discipline, not their necessarily their style of play. So it's like, well, you know, meters is one I think thing. We need but... probably a bigger sample size. Like I'm, I'm not defending the Tigers at all. Yeah, see what happens. But I thought again, flipping your spine so quickly and then not playing off the one you brought in to be a focal piece of major captain. I think if they narrow their focus and play through the middle a bit more, you'll naturally be able to get. The but ball also think, guys. don't don't be one of those guys that just says, "Oh, the fucking Tigers are shit." Well, we're not. Shane's a shit. Benji, no, but I, that like that's all. I, that's all I hear. Tigers are shit. They're gonna get the spoon again. It's like, okay, they're not playing well. Grant, like granted, but what are the reasons for that? And how is it going to get better? Yeah, I think for me, I try and work out why they're they're not playing well. And there's no way that they're training to play shit. Like that's the biggest thing that sometimes makes me really scratch my head with some of the commentary around rugby league. It's none of those coaches are preparing their team to play like that. So I guess it's just about changing their method. Or narrowing their method and backing their method and holding their nerve around what they think will work and what's successful. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting month because if they haven't won a game after eight or six or eight, Jesus, you want to talk? You think the pressure's bad now? It's going to be manic then. Well, it's bad enough that to go to Melbourne and they got Melbourne probably in a good situation. They yeah. now head to Brisbane, so yeah. that's not ideal. And they could be zero and five. So see how that plays out for them this but week. Even, even like. Talking about how close the competition's been, and this is no slight on Brisbane at all. Like I think they could Brisbane have lost all four games. A, uh, Brisbane to deserve a competition leaders, but yeah, they could they could have. There's a world where they oh, well, at least all. well they at least lose two. Hmm. They could be two on two. Well, they blew the Dragons out at the end. Yeah, but that was eighteen all, and it was tight the whole way. The Cowboys game was tight, and then the sin bin happened, and they obviously got on top and put that one to bed. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm happy that Kevy Walters got a bit of clear air now hmm. to actually coach because everyone just sort of says, oh, he's a shit coach. And, you know, the players haven't helped him in that regard either. And there's been a lot of pressure and a lot of talk around, you know, is he going to get an extension? Is he a long-term coach? Like, let's just see him. Let him coach. Let's see if he can coach. Let him coach. Instead of trying to break down everything and be and micromanage his tenure there. Like, I'd, at least he's got some clear air now where people hopefully just be leaving him alone to get his job done. Well, that's where we're moving on to next anyway. So leave that game behind. Go to the Broncos, eighteen twelve, with the Dolphins. Uh, what a game! I it thought it was a ripper. Even for a game that had, to be fair, a lot of errors, it was just. It, it was, was an attri- like it was attrition. It was yeah, it was manic. There was fifty two thousand people. They absolutely beat the piss out of each other. And I think Wayne Bennett probably summed up the end. Like he said, oh, I'm not disappointed at all in that result to be where we were with what happened. I'm proud of every single one of them, but. Like, news busted pretty much straight away, has to play on. They've got a kid who played SG Paul last year, started hooker. Their other hooker comes well, to on, be fair, gets he knocked was probably out. Some of his errors were probably the difference in the game. Like, he threw a couple of four passes. Well, he shouldn't be playing nine. No, I know, nine, I, I, know, I know that. But what I'm saying is, like, if, if you had an experienced nine there, like, if Marshall King plays, there's a world where I, I think win. they probably win. But, yeah, Nick Arima gets KO'd literally the moment he gets on the field. Gilbert's involved in that as well, so he's playing busted. And at the back end there, the man who's been so good for him so far, Sullivan, the steering wheel, just shreds his peck. So, you, Mate, you look, I, Jermaine, has Jermaine Asako played better footy in first grade? No. And he's again, playing unbelievable. This is what Wayne Bennett does to a lot of people, just gets people to be the best version of himself off the field, playing. and then it translates on the field. And it's happening with a lot of these guys. Mm. 
Um, and I, I thought, you know, the, the big thing that probably hurt them is exactly what we just talked about in those errors. The first three games, they've almost been 90%. 80, yeah. oh, high 80s, good defense, stick to it, stick to it, stick to it, and they get you the back end. And they were right here again at the back end with an opportunity, and they found that try late for Hammer, but they completed at 70. It was their worst error count, but 13 errors, but defensively resilient again. They leaned on that side of things and they turned them away and they had some triceps, as did the Broncos, but they had 67%. They felt like for a lot of the time there, they just weren't going to take advantage of it and possibly the occasion and the sort of fire around it all was maybe a possibility that it slipped, but that kick from Milford and Staggs goes the distance to put it to bed. Not to mention prior to that, the point they'd been attacking all night is that space between Milford and Branko Lee. They pop them there with Branko coming up past the ball and disconnecting for Kate Ward to run through. Mm. Um, sort of burst the bubble, I guess, in the end, but I completely agree with Bennett that it, with, with the situation they're in and the way that played out, if you're coaching them and you're in that situation at full time, I'm bloody proud. They were outstanding. They were. They were very, very good. And if I'm Brisbane... I look at it again in terms of your errors and the way you've played and everything else and go, well, that's that's the difference between good football teams. You win even when you've played probably you know a 6 out of 10 or a 7 out of 10. And someone's throwing the kitchen sink at you, which they will do now as they win these games and everyone knows the players they've got and this sort of occasion as well. But good football teams, even when they don't have their best night, find ways to win. And again, the quality they have, Walsh showed quality again, Haas, Reynolds in moments, Stags had one of his better games, Carrigan, like, they were, yeah, they were good. They were very good. It was just a good game of footy. It was a great game. I uh, really, really enjoyed it. But, yeah, for the Dolphins, Zarko, like you said, from the back. Hamiso, even his toughness has surprised me. Gilbert, the play on the way he got busted. Um, new credit to him to stay on the field and push through. Wall- even Wallace had a really good game against his old club and Nichols off the bench. So, it was a great game of footy. Yeah. Interested for them. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Just with the injuries now, how they line up this week, because obviously Marshall King's back, but Felice is still out, and then they've got a couple other issues now with losing Sullivan and Katoa last week. They were talking about was it rest, was it injury? He did have an injury, so I guess this week now they're in a situation where they might have they have no choice but to really call upon him because the situation they're in now with Nick Arima also getting KO'd is he would have been that other sort of option that covers nine and half. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll see their lineup later on, but it was a really good game of football. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and hopefully for years to come, that game is exactly what it was mm. and builds that rivalry. Cowboys-Titans, 24-12. to 12. Mate, Early on, I, I only seen you know this one sort of in passing, but it looked like you guys were there for it again. And the Cowboys have been starting fast, but not in this one. The, the Titans started fast. The Fafita hands down the sideline to Khan Pereira is just absolute lightning and the way they were, they were coming after him early and, and the Cowboys looked a bit clunky. And again, to be fair to them, injury, suspension, they've got some holes to fill at the moment, but it really felt like you guys were getting on top. 
and the back end of the half, it slowly flipped. Foreign goes off, Brimson goes off. They get a bit of possession, find a way before half time to get themselves on the board. And the second half, they slowly but surely got on top. They lost more players themselves. Tulagi went off. Shibasaki, I think, is going to be out after the game. They're talking that Tamiya is injured now with his foot, and they're not 100% sure. So it was pretty chaotic for both teams in the end. Mm. A big cost. Like If you guys are missing Foreign and Brimson for a month each, that's that's heavy. After losing Veryl's whole spine's been dismantled, essentially. Didn't think Tanner had the greatest of games again, and Sexton's obviously been killing Cup from all reports and another ripper on the weekend. They're going to have no choice now, surely. He has to come in. But it's in another situation where I look and go, well, I would have liked to have seen him play with Foran and Brimson and Veryl's when they were all in the field, because he didn't get that opportunity last year to play with a decent spine. Tanner's sort of had the rails run in terms of getting to play with the better version of their spine or the better version of their team. So he now comes into an environment again where it's going to be him and Tanner with no nine, with no fullback, except like Jaden Campbell's a good option, mind you, but it's it's not the most positive situation to come back in on again. Um, but overall, the Cowboys, I guess, if I'm two and four with the injuries they've had and the injuries they've taken out of this and the suspensions for now, I'll take it. Because it hasn't been the greatest start, but it's been a rough start in terms of health and suspension. Yeah. So Tulagi apparently is four to six weeks with the knee. That's not ideal. Tarmau, you have to wait. Nenai is going to get two weeks from that tackle. Would you see the tackle? The dangerous tackle? Yeah, where Sammy tucked his head. First reports, I, like the way it was described because well, I was I'll, driving. I'll put it this way, right? I thought he contributed to it. I can't believe that we had all this outrage over the tackle last week, which was deliberate late in the back. This one was... Not a spear tackle, was not a dangerous tackle at all. But there's no outrage about it. So explain that to me. Well, it's like the Paulo one again. I thought that's jumping. When we're talking about concussions, the guy's jumped and smashed a bloke in the face and he got two weeks. Felice gets four for going to fight it. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. I'm, t- I'm saying that this was clearly, to me, not a dangerous tackle. I didn't think it was This, that to bad. me, was... I think he, it looks he worse lifted, because... He didn't, I don't even think... I'd argue he didn't even get over the horizontal. No, he, he landed didn't. on his chest... The only, reason, the only reason he got in a dangerous position was tucked because he tucked his head and he tried to contribute to the position that he was in. So, similar deal for him. They've taken the guilty plea straight away. I'm a Titans fan. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you that this was wrong. This, there's absolutely no way that that should have even been a penalty. Off the back of what we've said there last week, they've just taken the two weeks. They're not even going to bother trying to That's go ridiculous. and get three weeks because they know, looking at what's going on at the moment, it's not worth it. They know if That's they go. It's not even a comparison to last week. But that's where it's at right now in terms of suspensions. But zero, nothing, crickets, because the Cowboys and they're up north. Uh, mm. I heard a bit because I was at work and it was on the radio. And they're and not playing Brisbane this week with a sellout crowd. That's where all the outrage came. Mm. Then I watched it and I was like, wow. From the way they said it, they put him in danger and it was horrendous tackle. And then I looked at it and was like, really? He hooked one leg. I didn't think he went above the horizontal. The guy that at the top end let go and the thing that really got him was he ducked his head. Mm. So... Yeah, they finished uh, finished strong despite that. Dearden was great. He really took control of his running game. Holmes had a couple of good moments. That gift that Tanner threw in his lap, but he went coast to coast. Nenai, despite the suspension, one of his better games as well, had some good moments. Um, Chester found another way to score. He's, he's certainly around the football. Yeah, that was a lucky try. I know that, but I'm just saying he's around the ball. He's found a couple of last few weeks. He contests every kick. He's busting his ass. He's trying hard. So I think the positivity in these situations when you have to bring in guys from outside your squad and rely on them to do a job and, you know, you figure out 
who's helpful down the road and who's not. And in the situation they're in right now, where they've obviously got injuries and suspensions, it's probably a good test-out period. And now they're going to have to call on a couple more guys um, with Hiku coming back in. Drinkwater's still a week away. Tulagi now missing. Um, you know, Lukey's probably going to have to start with Nanai getting suspended. And then we still don't know what's going on with Luciano. So to be two and four in the situation they're in and what's been going on, if I'm the Cowboys right now, I'm happy with that. But for the Titans, mm, yeah. Yeah, the des- well, depth for both teams is going to be tested now moving forward. Mm. And like I said, spine-wise, Saxon's probably going to get the recall now, but he's going to be playing with Tanner Boyd, Chris Randall, and Jaden Campbell. It's very different to your best spine. Yeah. Um, and then, again, like looking at this game, when that happens, Aaron Clark's defending at the half position. Campbell's trying very, very hard from the back and trying to make an impact on the game, but... You take some guys out of your spine to start with defensively and attack flow, and it just kind of builds up. And as usual, we thought Tino was absolutely brilliant. Uh, for Fido, a pretty good game as well. Threw a couple of nice pass sets of moments. Khan Pereira showing you know, that he can be good. Mo has been pretty good. Uh, I think the the one, again, who's really caught a lot to Khan Pereira. The first few weeks was sort of like, well, I've heard good things, but I haven't seen much. But, man, he doesn't need much space. He gets an opportunity, he takes it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the Cowboys, did and Holmes, then I, all quite good. It's certainly not their best football, but again, until they get healthy, or if they do get healthy and get everyone back on the field, I think you've really seen here, particularly for their attack, how important Scott Drinkwater is. Definitely. He, he's a real yeah, key piece to, uh, to kind of link all that together and have that freedom to play from the back and probably their most creative player. But we move on, South versus Manly. 13 to 12, very appropriate as many people have mentioned since then. Scotty Sattler, oh sorry, Johnny Sattler, wore the 13, won by 13. Cody Walker's 13th career double, etc. All the things that linked in with it, the half rabbit on the jersey. It was a really good, this was a really good game of football again. Another one of these games you just sit there and go, like, what a belter. Yeah, game of the round almost, I think. The talk about the forward pass being wrong and costing him a try, I don't agree it cost him a try. I didn't think it was a forward pass though, but there was players there. So it's a matter of, there was Luttrell and a couple of guys coming in cover. Would they have found another pass? Did it cost them the opportunity to play off the back of that and potentially score a try? But then again, across the contest, I thought that opportunities they didn't take. Mm. So in the end, I think the big probably the biggest thing I take away from this for some of South fans, not only outstanding occasion to win, given what it was and how well you know they, they handled the whole game, the minute of silence, the applause on minute 13 getting the Sattler family out there, but probably to see Ilias take that moment instead of letting Latrell, which is generally who's the one who takes those field goals, and probably just another big tick for him to realise, you know, that he is that half and that's what he has to be and that's what he's going to be turning into and building more confidence as a seven. Yeah, absolutely. Um, big moment for him, but really enjoyed this game. The adjustments that to make, like Kalamatungi going and playing in the middle, he, along with Olaquatu, who I said last year, I would have had probably both on my origin radar right now, given where we're at, that Martin's only played a handful of games. Crichton's obviously missing for personal reasons. Like Right now, I'm looking at that. Those two would both be wearing blue for me, Kalamatunga and Olaquatu. Yeah, I agree. Olaquatu was good again. Cherry Evans. Tom looking more free. I think the conditions sort of made it the game that we got, but it was just really, really good game of football. Good, two good teams and... Manly still got some growth. South obviously need to get some middles on the field, and so far, a bit like last year, can't go a week without having an injury issue or someone sort of uh, ending up off the field. And probably the scary part for me, I don't think Latrell's really struck a blow yet. So once they get him going and playing his best football, yeah, agree, um, agree with all that. Manly were tough. South just outlasted them. It was 
yeah, one of those games you just think it's probably harsh someone's going to lose, but that's that's the beauty of our sport. Mm. Um, yeah, cracker game. Yeah. Cracker game. They've lost Cola, unfortunately. Nandry. I didn't, um, I didn't stay to watch it, but um, yeah, I parked myself in the lounge and didn't miss a minute of it. Nah, it's a good game of footy. But Tula Cola's going to miss some time, unfortunately. Yeah, Johnston. surgery? Yeah, I think four to six weeks. Johnston went off, but it seems like it's only mm. Cork. So he should be right to go. But yeah, they got through with their forwards. Like I said, that adjustment with Kalamatungi playing some middle. Um, you know, Walker had one of his great nights. Cherry Evans did well. Murray made ridiculous amount of tackles. But yeah, I just thought all around, really, really good game of football. Two teams that are on the up and got plenty of improvement. So yeah. hopefully uh, keep seeing some positives across the year for both of these teams. And then, yeah, just the way South handled the whole occasion for the Sattler family, I thought was great. So, it was. Yeah, it really uh, was. Warriors Dogs, 16-14. This was another great game. Real good arm wrestle. Seen again, a little bit like, again, about the, the Brooks bashing. Straight after this game, everyone's just into Cole Flanagan. Going, well, he's not kicking. He doesn't run. He doesn't pass. I'm like, well, again, like if, we, if we're being completely honest, I still don't think Burton's really set the world on. Like we, There's a real fixation for people just to pick on one person. And you've got to look at other factors that are going into it and just well, it's not it's an easy it. target. They're not really... I know, it's you're, not looking, you're not looking at the game. Watch the game and actually analyse it and and it's not to say that he was good but I'm just like why is it always just one person it's always ah oh, this but I'm like it's just it's an easy target to kick mm. it really is like yeah he's kicking less because Marnie's contributing to that and Burton obviously puts up a lot of long kicks but yeah I thought bar the week prior where he, he ran a fair bit Burton's been pretty quiet to start the year as well Marnie's been the real focal point for the Bulldogs side in terms of their spine yeah Perham's been busy, but you know he's got to work on his passing game a little bit. But they've chosen to go that route; they've gone that option. So yeah. if you feel you're not getting enough from the ball playing side of things, your fullback, maybe you should have put Avril out there. Yeah. But for everything just to be straight on Flanning, and you got to drop Flanning around, I'm just like, like, fuck, really? Like I'm watching, and I'm not saying he's been good, but he hasn't been terrible. And what's your option? Reynolds hasn't been setting the world on fire and cut and got injured the first week. And I really like the look of the kid, Carl Olapuapu. But is it now the time to put him in? Right now, like he, he looks pretty good in attack and he runs the football, but defensively, not 100% certain. Like, are they in a position where we're saying they're playing for top four or grand finals this year? No, let him play some cup, let Flanagan, Burton, Mahoney, and Hayes, who are a brand new spine, keep working through things. They're missing multiple front rows, which hurts. They're not getting any of them back until later in the year, so that's the situation they're working through as well, which obviously doesn't help. Your spine players, there's some real positive in terms of what their back five's doing. Carraz, Alamotti, all those guys have been great. Um, I just think it's an overreaction again where this bloke's just been a whipping boy for three years. And that's not to say he's a you know guaranteed starting in our halfback, but he's not the sole reason every week that this team loses or no, when something goes wrong. And every time I say it, I'm just like, fucking hell. It's just the really issue is lazy. Like- and I think it's a game-wide issue at the moment is that if you're good enough for flag, they put you in cup. Mm. And if you're good enough for cup, they throw you into NRL. And a lot of the guys, just because you're good enough for cup doesn't mean you're good enough for NRL. No. That's probably... But the NRL competition is short on halves. So naturally, they're just... They're happy to see halves learn in first grade. And you know my theory on this. I just think we, we shelve halves and we punt halves and we criticise halves too much too early like someone like Luke Brooks I can I can sit back and I can go okay like it's a decade yeah he's had enough time but he shouldn't I, I be making some think... of the mistakes he's making and yeah but there's certainly a lot of good parts to his game but 
there's also parts of his game which, yeah, like they shouldn't be happening after 10 years. Mm. But for Kyle Flanagan, I think, yeah, like what's this really his second full year in first grade? Well, one full year at the Roosters. Barrett dropped in basically yeah, four, six at weeks Roosters, in. Yeah, but he was sort of in and out a little bit, wasn't he? No, he played half the season, then I think they dropped him. Yeah. But Barrett basically punted him after four weeks. Then the second year, he got in halfway through and played the whole way. So yeah. he's probably had two half seasons and one full season. So he's played 40, I don't know 40 or 50 games. Sort of about his personality, but it seems a little bit like he, like he needs a bit of love. They were trying to say the other day, oh, he ran twice for eight metres. He ran six times 32. Burton ran for 74. He laid on one of the tries. Mm. And then talking about like defence and all these other things, it's like, well, Burton missed six tackles. He missed three. He made more. How many tackles did Flanagan make? Flanagan made 24, missed three. How many did Burton make? Burton had 18, missed six. Yeah. So I'm like, again, they just picked the one. So they were like, playing pretty equal. This like, like, I can, I can find something, though. Forget the eye. Like, just stats if you want to be lazy and go, oh, well. That's what a lot of people do. He's got a little few more metres, but, you know, he's missed twice as many tackles. And then kicking, they're saying, well, he's not kicking either. So, yeah, he only got five kicks. Reed took four. Burton took, you know, third end of the kicks. But he's basically just doing yeah, long kicks. Burton, Burton is, the, is the better boot. Yeah. And if they're doing long kicks, why wouldn't you give it to Burton? Correct. So, if you're playing good ball and you're inside there, I want flanking kicking. It's not on the sixes where you've got to share it. What? No. But the, they're also the talk is like, well, just drop him. Like, well, what are you dropping him for? And then we heap all this praise on Reynolds. Like, again depending on who you are and the way you've been thrown to the way a media can write something up. Reynolds was a guy that left there, God knows how many years ago, got massively overpaid to go to the Tigers, didn't work, went overseas, didn't work out, and has come back here on a training trial. So why do you suddenly think that's the answer to everything? Yeah. And then his cup form, again, God bless him, it's great to see guys go back to their clubs. His cup form hasn't been great and he got injured the first week. And the other one, Ola Blapu, do you want to do the same thing again? Like, he's got talent, don't get me wrong, I've been impressed with what I've seen, but I wouldn't be throwing him in the situation in right now. I'd be waiting half the year, hopefully getting Pungai back. Thompson, they're saying, could be 16. Like, I think the back end of the year, if you're borderline the eight or things aren't looking that great, I want Olapapu to play probably the last eight games. Yeah. But that, this is not the sole reason they've lost. or the sole, He can't be the sole reason. So what's reason the plan moving forward? Like, well, he, they've paid him squarely. And they're going I understand that, but is it next year? Is it so Flanagan's going to be gone or... after this year. He's off contract. They're not going to sign him. But Reynolds is not long-term. I'll apply up who's your plan. Yeah. But I just don't understand right now why that's what you do this few games in. They've been in every game bar round one. And they're missing four front rows. Yeah. So let's calm down a little bit. And then again, in context, it's the easy option to go, well, playing them with shit. Mm. It's just lazy. Yeah, it is. Okay. But, uh, overall, yeah. thought Carouse again, they're back five. Alamotti, Marnie was good. King has certainly been playing some big minutes. But the Warriors, again, just... Behind majority of the game, got themselves back into it. I disagreed with the call of the loose carry. The way that fucking yeah, ball... We, we watched that live. That it, was... it took Villiama kick out two hands and the way he pulled it for it to get that spin on it to pop back up. Like, if that's a loose carry, it doesn't come out that way. No. Like, he, is it was it a, a strip. Is it in his hit one hand away from his body? Right, like, yes. But the grip, to say it's a loose carry, the way he fucking held the ball to generate that action that happened after the two hands pulled it, looked like a yo-yo yeah. popping up and down. So that was bullshit. And then the argument afterwards, oh, the other one's obstruction. I was sort of like, well, I don't think shouldn't even out, but I thought the other one was a try. And then you got Gus Gould himself saying that's not an obstruction and that Reed Money didn't complain and it's just the way the rule's been talked and mentioned and you know portrayed to everybody over all these years that people don't even know what is and isn't an obstruction anymore. 
he was saying that Marnie wasn't going to get him and had photos with lines. Like, it's another one of these ones where everyone can argue to their blue in the face, but I, I thought the rake one should have been a try. So, so in the end, I'm not saying that was justice, but if they took the other one away, I was like, well, fuck, they, I, you couldn't have got him for both. But the Warriors, it was, a, it was a good result for them, and Johnson every week's just got better and better, and Webby is the first one, I guess, to live up to that mantra of getting him to play his best football and just letting him be himself and making him happy. He, he, he's genuinely happy and he's playing good football. Yeah. I haven't seen Sean Johnson bounce off his left foot like that in three or four years and hit that hole the way he did to score that try. Yeah. His kicking game is looking playing, good. His confidence. Yeah. Martin's been a great foil for him. Unfortunately for them, I think he got a knock, so he might not be playing this week. Tohu plays through that knee injury. They take him off. like that. That's a big blow for them, and they find a way through. And That bench again, you know, the, the, the two bold brothers in Jazz and Dill do a great job for him. Their back five carry hard. Valea, a few weeks in cup to build up, comes in, makes a great impact, scores a nice try, has some good touches. I'm really happy for them and the way they're going right now. Yeah. Uh, but I'd also be happy if I was the Bulldogs and the way they played and the situation they're in. Definitely. So, I, I, all around, I thought it was a good game of football, but, yeah, uh, real positives on the Warriors side of things and interested to see Tohu's been named, I think, this week, but if that knee's bad, you can't risk it. He's too important. Yeah, um, Martin, again, I think it looked like he was going to miss. He got a late head knock. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but, yeah, for the Dogs also, felt really felt really bad for New Brown. New Brown's a, like a, a genuinely decent human being. He's had a shit run of injuries. I was very happy that he got the opportunity to come back at Tigers last year. Signed with the Dogs, got to go to the World Cup. Good football player, but he popped his elbow out. So it's indefinite at the moment. Don't know how severe until they get some results, but hopefully for him it's not too bad. Um, but, yeah, like I said, on their side of things, they're, they're working through it. But at the moment, the best part of their spine is their nine. Money's been out and out, just the standout for them every week. He's been really, really good. Mm. So, good game of football. Generally, well, I think Carraz has been the standout for Oh, he's, I think for the back five, but yeah, for the spine side of things. Those two are head and shoulders at the moment. They've been great. Newcastle, Canberra, odd one, 24-14. You know, down 14 out at half time. Looking at how the way Canberra played, I thought, well, they haven't been great, but surely they, they go on with this. In the second half, they just didn't come out. They copped three and five minutes and two of them happened before Jack got put in the bin. Yeah. Then he got put in the bin and... Possession discipline. Their, their attack, I was sitting here with you and I was just like, I don't even know what they're trying to do. It's just a lot of long, 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 again, like lateral, no shape, no change direction, not turning on, I don't know, leads, like there was no variation on anything. And then the substitutes in terms of the way they use their middles and try to get some guys back on to generate some impact. There's a lot of one outs, there's a lot of setup play. I think Jack sprayed the dummy half at one point. Uh, Wolford at the back end of the game, like they, they really need to figure out their attack. And I know Fogarty pulling out late in the week with the virus doesn't help. He apparently was chucking up, and that's well, not hurts because that's what unlocks Whiten, and then Chris that's what allows Whiten like, to run. Chris, God bless you, two hundred ninety three meters, and he's ultra busy, but he doesn't look comfortable at all getting involved in the sweet plays and the ball playing. Like it just again brings another element of clunkiness to their attack. Mm, it's not his natural position. No. So I, I still don't understand that he's had a guy at Smith Shields who's come through the grades as a one. He's playing him at centre. Chris is a centre. And Smith Shields is more running than he's a passer, but I still would have preferred him play his natural position. Mm. And, I, you know, just let Chris be what he is, which is a really good, powerful centre. Gets over the top of people, does a pretty good job defensively. He, don't get me wrong, he, he's been more than serviceable there, but um, for his own benefit, I, I think that could have been Maybe a better move, but their their attack needs some serious work. 
and I can probably see the flip. It's been a tough start. They've had two road trips, two tough results. Come home last week, have another tough game against the Sharks, get the W, but they were flat. They were very flat. Yeah, they were. But, it, but it's early for that to be the case. So I guess the upside, one upside is they got Papa Lee back, got some minutes under his belt. It's going to take a few weeks to see the best of him. I thought Tarpany certainly this week looked a much better version of himself. Multiple offloads, 200-plus metres, but they need those guys firing along with Hudson. Their forward pack is the key to everything in second phase. And off the back of that comes Jack. Let's Fogarty when he's there, steer things, kick and control and him run. And now off the back of that, he's got a double suspension. I think he's looking at two weeks, Jack. Mm. So we talked about him earlier. Yeah, well, he's looking at two. Yeah. It wasn't his finest day. He had five or six misses, a couple of errors, and then got pinged twice on report. So they roll into Penrith now. With Jack probably sitting down for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And then I think they might play Brisbane or somebody off the back of that again, so they, it's not getting any better. No. They, they could be in a situation where they're one and seven or, you know, two and six, which is not an ideal start. But yeah, it was particularly the attack. And even at the back end, like, they're just looking at it and go, they just don't look like they're going to break them. Whereas you look at Newcastle and there's always talk about Ponga, but as a whole, they operated very well. Hastings kick controlled and steer things. Gambles passed to Marju and the way he linked up with Miller, who only his 11th game of NRL at fullback. Like, he looked great. He was flying around the field. He was a running threat and a ball-playing threat. He was. Um, Braley, when he's healthy and given good service, a feedy later platform. Frizzell, plenty of energy and anger off the bench. Hasn't been great start there for him. So all around, you know, and their centers. Best had one of his better games. Gagai was vintage himself. If, if I'm a Newcastle fan, very happy with that. Very happy. Tough win. So yeah. tough win at home. Yeah. Give you uh, something to smile about. And I'd go the other side again when we'll sit there talking about how bad their attack was. I was talking to you about Canberra's first up contact, just winning some simple rucks. At 45 misses and 21 ineffective. So you're talking 66 basically. Poor efforts, 12 errors. At like both sides of the ball, they were average. Yeah. So, well, I just, yeah, I don't think discipline help them at all and discipline just caused them fatigue and then the fatigue led into poor execution which it often does well independent this week that's a tough ask and I know they're going to be missing a couple but that's but not... they, they've got a good little rival with Penrith and mm. they always get up to them and it's a bit chippy and I, I like it cool. I think Ricky's feels as though he's got a style which can upset the Panthers well I was going to call it the weak gutted cup but apparently Salmon busted his finger today at training so mm. If he's not playing, well, I can't really call it the weak gutted cup now, can I? Yeah, no. Disappointing. That's probably left. Wanted to see on water the water floor. Wanted to see something get hurled up from the top rafters down to the bench. Yeah. Try and take on Salmon. What, bruh? What? Game stick. Uh, and the last one, absolute bloodbath. The Sharks, 40 to 8 against the Dragons. I know Hook wasn't happy about one of the calls. Uh, I guess in his situation right now, it's not. The greatest place to be. Awfully frustrated, but this is sort of the point I made last week. Um, this club has just essentially ruined their season with those few words they said last week. They had two pretty solid efforts, and again, I know the Broncos thing ended in tears after being competitive for 70 minutes. They got over the Titans after a poor start, but the effort and the energy seemed to be there. Mm. Sloan has positive remarks about the coach week before, and they're on the same page. Bud Sullivan has a good game. A couple of the forwards come out like Kerr on that and play one of their best games. And then they come out in the middle of the week and in a roundabout way do the whole, he's got to reapply for his job, a.k.a. you're sacked. 
rather than having the nuts to do it in the off-season, right off this whole year, basically, you've no accountability to anybody right now. And then just if you didn't think it would get any worse with how painful the press conference was and the comments that came, then today they do media with Moses Suley, who then stands there about the moves for Viliami Fafita and that coming over to the club saying, we've got the same manager. And as far as I know, like myself, he didn't really want to come here. He wanted to stay at Manly. But he didn't have a choice because this is his best situation. He's like, I didn't really want to come here either. It's just like, wow. This is all just adding up for the Dragons. It wasn't his greatest moment. And then, I, like, I know the Dragons fans are frustrated at times, but the vitriol I saw instantly at hook after the way they played on Sunday, I'm like, well, they've cut his legs out from under him with what they did last week. Mm. And I'm not one to defend the bloke because I wouldn't have hired him in the first place, but they've torched their own season last week. What they did, poured petrol on it and lit it up right then and there. What do you want me to say to this? What's going to torch their season is their results. They they need, like, I thought what Ben Hunt said in the press conference was accurate. Like, they need to play better footy because otherwise it's not going away. And it's as simple as that. They've already made the decision. Well, you don't know that. If they they go and win six in a row, he'll have a job. No no one else would have come out and done that. Even when we know these things. What's the likelihood that he's going to win six in a row? That's unlikely. They should have just fucking sacked him and bit the bullet and they didn't do it because they extended him when they didn't need to. This is all their own fault. It is literally all of them. Piss poor recruitment, bad contracts, bad salary cap management. And then they didn't have to give him the extension when they did. And then instead of owning it and doing another payout, they've essentially sacked him in round three by not saying it. But he's not going to have his job. They've cut the legs out from under him. Mm. And they've given a lot of people who would have had to have had some accountability, no accountability, because they know he's not going to be there. People were being told before a ball was kicked he wasn't going to be there. Which is why it's more frustrating to see them do what they did. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And again, if I'm somebody like a Rolls or this, that, and the other, and they expect these guys to come back, tell you what, I want a lot of fucking things in place and a lot of controls and people in certain jobs that have been there for a long time now. I'd want to know a fair bit before I thought about taking this job. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I still think their best candidate, they had right under their nose. And they, again, didn't have the nuts to do the job and sign him on, which would have been Shane Flanagan. So... Uh, I think it's going to be a long, interesting year. But I think within those words last week, to me, they poured petrol on themselves and put them right back down in the cellar and fighting for the spoon, in my opinion. First two weeks surprised me, the effort and energy. And then I just instantly felt all of it leave this week. And I've seen some signs of last year and some body language that appeared from last year again that wasn't associated with the team that was looking to show effort and energy and that had some hope. Mm. Seems like all hope is gone instantly which is very disappointing. Yeah. But on the shark side of things, to get in at half-time, almost completing at 50% and still be leading 12-8, you sit there and go, boys, if we clean that up and even get close to 75-80, we're going to run away with this. And that's exactly what they did. Yep. They tore him to shreds. Um, Nico was everywhere. Four or five line break assists, couple of line breaks, try assists himself, short side play, getting that long pass outside the three, his connection with Nicara. Um, some of the ball playing he had going on there. Have his goal kicking back. Trindle, obviously an outstanding goal kicker, but so is Nico. Like, you, you can definitely tell they've done the right thing in the situation where they've got possibly the best backup half back in the competition and just rest him till he's right to go. And he was certainly right to go. Yeah, yeah. He was brilliant. He was, I thought, the best player of the round. Mm. Um, you know, Ramian, great game as well. Plenty of good ball. The link-up try between him and Katoa I really enjoyed. 
the second one where they jump down from the dummy half play and roll down a short side. Nicker goes inside shot of Lomax, who had an absolute barry. Um, links up with Nico and he gets back to Raymond and like that. They scored some really good tries, and you saw that razzle dazzle sideline to sideline attacking football that Cronulla can play. Defensively, the two tries, uh, one's a deflection where Nico comes up with a miss on Ben Hunt, play five. It's not great. The other one's just getting their numbers wrong on the other edge. I think Talakai was a little bit tight and Sewer scores. Sure, Fitzy's not happy with that, but it's nice when you can score 40 points. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And again, unfortunately, Rook, I know he wasn't happy with that call, but that, that didn't cost him the game. So no, well, it didn't. That, that's the frustration of the situation. And again, the fact that he barely wanted to speak at the press conference, like, I don't blame him. It's a shit situation. Yep. And no one wants to quit, but I honestly feel like I said, in a roundabout way, they've essentially fired him without firing him and cut his legs out from under him. So I don't even know what to say from here. Getting those few guys in, then Moses saw his comments that I'm like, fucking hell, it's going to be an interesting week at St. George. A very interesting week. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he'll be doing another press conference or someone will be coming out and speaking on behalf of him sometime this week. So, Sorry, Dragons fans. Yeah. Sorry to say. Sorry to say. There you go. That wraps up the reviews of the games for this week. Uh, let's move into our tips and preview ahead of round five of the NRL brought to you by bluebet.com.au, the true blue bookie. If you're going to have a bet with anybody, make sure you do it with bluebet.com.au. Download the app today or visit the website. And uh, with that, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelpline.org.au if you've got any problems there. Make sure you gamble responsibly. Uh, what have we got? First game. Power Roosters. Looks like a good round. The Thursday nights keep delivering and exactly that. Roosters, power. That's a cracker Thursday. They've been really, really good so far um, as we get to some lineups here, and I'll get the odds up as well. Where's this one? This is Allianz. I was going to say, if this is Bank West, we should go to this, but it's not. All the way in the city on a Thursday night, that shan't be happening. No, thank you. No, but changes here before it loads up. I know the Roosters, they're going to be missing Joey Marnie, and they are. Drew Hutchison is playing in the centres after he got suspended the game before. Jared in the front row with Brandon Smith, Lindsay Collins, an all-butcher back row with Victor Radley uh, and the bench, Turpin, Nafahu White. Corey Allen comes in, Fletcher Baker, uh, and Terrell Mays obviously on the out there as well with that reshuffle for the Eels. Junior Paulo, two-game suspension. He took the early guilty plea for that tackle. Wiramu Gregg is named to start. Jack Murchie's back after the head knock the week before on the bench. So other than that, they're pretty much as per program. Uh Manu's big out, but I think the Roosters forward pack, now that Paulo's out, this would be a game where I, I think they really look to get on top. Yeah, I'll go Roosters, home yeah. home team. Right. Not a lot of confidence. Tough. Not a lot of confidence. Um, but some good signs the week before, and yeah, if Jared's healthy and had another week off, I expect that to be the focal point of their game. With Without Paulo there, he'll really go after Campbell Gillard. And the odds of this one with bluebet.com.au, the Roosters are a $1.53 favourite. The Eels, two fifty. Minus five and a half is the line there. Raiders at home Friday, the early game against the Panthers is the tough one. Rapana makes his return from suspension. James Schiller is out of the side. Fogarty is named after missing with illness. Frawley stays in the team, though, as he switches to 5-8 to cover with Jack White now suspended for two games. Jared Croker is part of an extended squad for the first time. So that would be game 293. So three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's got seven more games to go. 
to get to 300. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But for the Panthers, Luke Garner, he's been rested. I, I, he just didn't look right to me from the start. He looked slow and a bit busted. So I don't know if he come over with some injuries or he's picked him up during the offseason. But when you're playing 20, 25 for a guy that was playing 80 over there and just jackknifing people, I thought, this is odd. I really expect him to go well, but clearly got some health issues, so he's out. Uh, Scott Sorensen comes into the starting side. Lindsey Smith joins the bench. Liam Martin is still sidelined as well, which hurts. Sonny Luke has to miss a game because it was a Category 1 knockout. Tyron Peachy gets his first game, so it's a bit different looking in the forward pack there for Panthers. you got Hosking and Sorensen as your edges. Peachy, Lindsey Smith, Lanyu, and Semen today. I heard about that finger, so if that's true... They've named him for now, but if they can't splint it, they're probably going to have to bring in Eisenhuth or Chris Smith for the options they've got at the extended squad. So Interesting. Maybe a little light on the bench. And for Canberra, you're looking to have a Papali back now with Tarpany, Hudson, Whitehead, Harawir, and Ira Gula, Solo, Horsburgh. If there's one area you really need to match Penner if it's in the middle. And if you can do that and be disciplined and deal with what their back five does, because they don't go away, in particular the back three, yeah. um, you're going to have to play that long game kick well, control things. And the fact that Jack's not there, I think it will be that sort of game. Fogarty and Frawley both got good kicking games. Yeah. So if, if I'm camera, it's just we need to complete 85-90, roll, work off the back over offloads, kick well, and just try and play that cycle game with them. Because they're obviously still a very, very good team. They are not don't have the strike they used to, but we just need to try and wear down this pack because their bench is a bit light. Mm. Do you give Canberra any chance? Yeah, I do. Who are you tipping then? I'll tip Penrith, but if Jack was in, I'd man, I'll go close tipping Canberra. I'm very tempted to tip Canberra in Canberra, but I'm going to lean with Penrith slightly. They're both one-one game. Like if Penrith were rolling along a little bit better, and maybe they had their eyes elsewhere, but I think they're just going to be as desperate as what Canberra. Well, they've only won one game, Penrith. They've had the buy and two losses, so. You know, where are they sitting on the ladder, Penrith, at the moment? Seventh. Seventh, yeah. So the buy again, false economy, and that's why I hate the buy. It's one win. Um, but, yeah, and then you got Canberra there, second last, with one win and three losses. So, mm. yeah, interesting, but some players out for both. The odds with this one with bluebet.com.au, the Raiders, $4, $1.25. So I think the start's pretty generous, minus 12.5 uh, for the Raiders at home. But, yeah, it's, it's an interesting game. And that's one I'll definitely be watching. A cracker Friday night. You've got the Bunnies up against the Storm. There's still some troops missing on both sides, but plenty of quality. But for the Bunnies, Hame Sele returns after the concussion protocol. So he is back onto the bench. Last week's debutante, Ben Lovett, goes to the reserves. Johnston is named despite that cork. So he should be good to go. Uh, if not, they've got Tane Milne as an option there to reshuffle their back line. On the Storm side of things, just one change to that team last week. Tommy Eisenhuth is onto the bench. He was 18th last week. Tyron Wishart is out and into 18th man. Jerome Hughes still a week away. Jonah Pezzett gets another opportunity to play uh, in the seven jersey. So, um, I'm going south. Yeah, I think the way Melbourne are at the moment, there's still a lot to work on. There's still a lot of guys learning. So even a little undermanned in the middle, they're a lot more stable across the park at the moment, Seals. And if it's wet and greasy, Acor, it's probably not ideal for the way Melbourne's been error discipline-wise so far. And just, it's a different situation, I guess, for a Pez. It's going to be a lot on Munster and a couple of these guys. And 
that forward matchup's pretty interesting. I who's the left side of play? I think left side's Liera, Liera and Kalamatungi, so that's a big challenge for Liera. That'll be interesting to watch. Um Pezzet, other side of the field. Who's coming to him is that left side of South, so that'll that'll be a matchup for him. So interesting game. But yeah, I I'm I'm with you. I'll I'll, I'll lean to South slightly. And the odds with bluebed.com.au, $1.55 is South, $2.45 Melbourne, minus four and a half is the line there for the Storm. Uh, Mudgy, beautiful Mudgy. Manly up against Newcastle. We've been there for the massacre. This will be another massacre. You're, you're, the Manly massacre continue. The Manly massacre. You reckon? Uh, Morgan Harper will play his first game. Did they win there last year? Who did they play last year? I don't remember. It's not. It wasn't last. We went the year before, didn't we? Not last year. We yeah, but they played. They played. Actually, there, no. Didn't we go twice? Didn't they play Canberra? No, we went to Dragons Newcastle because Vaughn was playing. Yeah, not that one. We went. Then we went to Titans Manly. Yeah, and then last year we didn't go. Who was it last year? I don't remember. I thought it was Canberra they played up there. Maybe might have been Canberra. Yeah, and we didn't go. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I think we. I think we may have looked at the time, but unfortunately, I think that's when we lost Nan. Or around Manly that time. Manly hosting the Canberra Raiders. Yeah, April I think two. It, yeah, it was, so we lost Nan. It was around that time. Yeah. She was a couple of days away, but she wasn't in good nick, so I don't think we were leaving. No. Um, and then, yeah, so I, yeah, I think that one was off. So, yeah, they've, uh, they're going up there again. Beautiful Glen Willow. It's a good spot, close to town. You can go and have some Skunamis and then go on the walk with all the locals. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Harper, though, in for his first game. Tola Kula, knee surgery. Lachlan Croker also returns, which makes Carl Lawton go to the reserves list. For the Knights, Kurt Mann, he had a cat one head knock, so he's out. He has to miss this week. Jack Johns comes back in at 13. Manly, 25-6 over Canberra in Glenwillow last year. There you go. 13 plus in... 13 plus at Glenwillow for the... Yeah, they've been hefty on it, haven't they? Yeah. It's been a, a happy hunting ground for so them. It must but... have been 2021 we went to watch yeah, the Tigers. we went. And the Titans were... Titans, sorry. Didn't you score the first try and they got rolled 30 We got beat points. by 40. It was a disgrace. Tommy we... went absolutely mental. I left at half time. It was said, good. let's go. We started driving while the game was still on. That was fucking raging. Yeah. Uh, so, a couple of changes there for Manly. And on the Newcastle side, like I said, Kurt Mann out. Jack John's in. Marju holds his spot over Dom Young, who had a good game in New South Wales Cup, but obviously he's on the way out, so they're going to stick with Marju. Uh, I'll be going with Manly. Me too. But the thing about this, Newcastle, again, because of this natural rivalry with the, the grand final. The score was 36-0, Manly over... So there you, go. you, just didn't, <laughs> you just didn't score a point. <laughs> oh, this I is generally been. a good game. The last few times these two have come together, Newcastle have won. One, two, three, four. It's 24-0 at half time. That's what we left. I think they scored early second half. 26 they? nil at half time. Penalty goal. Yeah, they scored early for second half, they didn't they? They scored 44th minute. Yeah, and that's when we left. You, as soon as you saw that, you're like, fuck it, we're going. I was like, all right. <laughs> 30 nil, we're out. I was about to jump off the top of the grandstand. Yeah. Um, Tight So who do you like in this one? I'm going with Manly. No, oh, please. Manly. I think it'll be close still. Massacre. They won 13 plus, 13 plus. You're calling three in a row. Three 13 oh, pluses not, at Willow. I'm not calling anything. I'm just saying they like Glen Willow. They certainly do. And Blue Better Grease, they are $1.20. Wow. New, Newcastle are four fifty. Again, short. I don't mind the start because they were pretty tough last week and I didn't expect that. But there's a bit of mudgy magic for Manly for some reason. Yeah. Dragons, Dolphins. As our pop would say, a bit of the country air. Yeah, a bit of the country air. 
uh, the Dragons. It wasn't a great week last week that we spoke about. Jack DeBellin, not quite recovered in time. Um, but he's in the extended squad, so I don't know how close exactly, but he has to be getting there. Amone's in there again, still not tempted to bring him into the fold just yet. Uh, and through that disappointment, they've stuck solid there. Jack Bird starts at lock, Musgrove back to the bench, although they did swap on game day. For the Dolphins, Milford moves into halfback with our Sullivan out. Isaiah Katoa has been recalled with that elbow injury in the six. Tessie New, like I said, he's going to be out with at least a month. He's been replaced by the debutante and a former Dragon, Jack Bostock, who was just upgraded. So he's going to play against his former club. Marshall King returns. That's a big in. Mason Teague goes back to the bench and Essie Essie returns from a pec injury. He pushes Farmasuli to the reserves. He'll play his first game for the Dolphins. So, uh, they may seem undermanned, but the spirit of their team so far makes me just have to tip the Dolphins. You feeling a, a flat? Where's it, where's it you feeling a flat week, are you? Where's the game? That one is at Win Stadium. They always win at Win for some reason. Win, win, win at Win. Who's out for Dragons? Sorry, no one. Yeah, I'll tip the Dragons. I'm sticking with the Dol- the Dolphins. It's near the water. Dolphins lot the water. Got to make a choice there. Dolphins about to swim down a wind stadium. Hmm. I don't mind. Like Milford's definitely not O'Sullivan, but I think oh, Marshall, Marshall King's Marshall King's yeah. a big in. There's a big in. Uh, their forward pack did a good job. I like yeah, can Bostock. I change Marshall King back? I'm going Dolphins. He's staying with the Dolphins. Yeah, sorry. I thought Teague was playing nine again. No, Marshall King's back. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, a couple of guys out, but obviously, like I said, showing plenty of spirit, so sticking with the Dolphins, you are as well. And, they made you their big sponsor of the Dolphins, old bluebet.com.au, but they're the outsiders, the Dolphins. They're $2.10. The Dragons, $1.74 favourite. Minus two and a half the line. So, mm. again, if you, despite losing a few, if you think the Dolphins will battle again and get the job done, maybe a little bit of value. I'd probably like a little bit more considering who they're missing, but there you go. Moving on, Broncos round things out at Suncorp. Looking to go 5-0 and and make the Tigers 0-5. In terms of their lineup, same 17, no surprise there. Kobe Hetherington made his comeback last week in the Queensland Cup, so he will build back into things nicely. No rush there for the Tigers. Tim Sheens, he's stuck solid with the same 13. Adam Dewey stays at fullback, Wakeham at six, but it's a whole new bench. Jake Simpkin, Justin Matamor, Stafford Toa come in, while Dane Laurie, Alex Safarf, and Sean Bloor all drop out. So... Even that confuses me. You've gone from having a back rower, a middle, and a fullback on the bench to now having a center wing, a fullback, a six who's now playing 13 and a hooker on your bench. And again, just week to week, the yeah. consistency of what you pick and what you do. Uh, I know they've sort of had the wood and the Broncos have shit the bed the last few times at different stages, but if this isn't a 30-point shellacking or more, I'm not here. If Brisbane are serious. Yeah, Brisbane. They have to do an absolute fucking demo job here. Um, like Goro Mortal Kombat style pulling the arms off and just beating the absolute piss out of them and if they don't they should be severely disappointed in themselves with the the team they've got the health they're in at the moment and the team they're playing and that's reflected in the odds with bluebet.com.au $1.16 to the Broncos $5.25 the Tigers minus $15.5 the start and Sunday we get probably two really good tussles here especially again with the injuries and the situation for both these teams Sharks at the Priz against the Warriors 
Volkman has been named for his first game with Martin missing due to that head knock, so he is out. But Wade Egan returns. Toe Harris has been named despite that knee injury. Um, and other than that, they've stuck rock solid with the team that they got the job done with. For the Sharks, Trindle returns on the bench. Oregon Kafusi failed his HIA, so he is the only one out. They've got the same side otherwise that racked up that 40 points. I'll go with the Sharks, but they're not going to have it all their own way here, the way the Warriors are playing right now. But the fact it's at the Priz... This and is, Trindle's back. I like that. Trindle's on the bench, yeah. I don't know how they plan on using him, but... Yeah. I think the Warriors would be certainly a handful. Arvo footy. They've been tough in the forwards. If Hines wasn't playing, I'd tip the Warriors. I would too, but yeah. I also look at that and go, if they do the old 50% shit completion rate and give the Warriors some juice... They're certainly it's not. Be a really good game. They're not going to give them cheap points. Mm. They're not giving points away like they used to. No, they're not. So who are you on? You on the Sharkies? Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be gift mm. points like you'd usually expect out of the Warriors or them to fight up like a deck chair once you get a couple of errors. But if the Sharks come out and have that sloppy start where they complete at fifty and make some poor errors and give the Warriors a sniff, uh, they'll defend a lead if they have to. So really good game of football. The odds with BlueBet.com.au. The Sharkies a dollar thirty favorite. 350 for the Warriors minus 10.5. Again, I don't mind the points. Uh, and it wraps up with the Dogs up against the Cowboys. And with those injuries, I think this again turns out being a very, very close game at Acor Stadium. Uh, on the Dogs side of things, Josh Reynolds plays his first game since 2017. He comes in as that impact player off the bench in the utility with Farmanu Brown missing after dislocating. The elbow, Franklin Pele returns to the bench after injury, pushing Jaden Tanner out into the reserves. Pungo Jr., still a couple of weeks away. I think Thompson, they're hoping week 16. Patolo, week 12. So that sort of middle situation hasn't resolved itself. On the Cowboys' side, as we said, Tulagi is going to be missing for a while with the knee. Shibasaki did his hamstring. Hiku comes in to fill one of those jerseys in the centers. Elliott comes in on the wing. Nenai suspended. Lukey starts in the back row. Mitch Dunn gets his first game for the year off the back of that horrible ACL injury. And the son of Steve Price, Riley Price, debuts off the bench as James Tarmel is out as well. So a lot of turnover for the Cowboys. Um, coming to Sydney, dogs have certainly been full of beans regardless of who's played for them. Uh, th- these are the games that hurt you later on in the year if you don't jag a couple of them. But... Yeah, I think the Cowboys will win. Yeah, I'm, again, I'll go with the Cowboys, but I'm not confident. This is this is a tough one. With the, the bodies that are out, coming down here, dogs certainly don't give any away for free. Uh, interesting to see the odds, and they're very tight with bluebet.com.au. The dogs, $1.85. Cowboys, $1.95, minus one and a half the line. So probably started to pick them. Slight favorite now. Uh, and looking at the way we've tipped, we've gone the exact same this week. What happened last week? We both got five, so you're on 19, I'm on 15. Um, Yeah. There you go. There you go, mate. And in terms of building something this week for charity or for a best bet, like I said, there's a few starts there I don't mind. I don't know what they add up to together, but I think Canberra, like sort of what you were saying, just the way Penrith for their forward pack, and they usually like to play them well. 12 and a half, you might be able to drag that to 18. The Warriors getting... A good piece uh, of start there. You know, there's probably two or three there that I think are getting a pretty generous, generous look. Um, but I'll come up with something that'll be up on the app there again in the bluey specials, and then for charity, hopefully, 
find some cash to stash. But again, thank you to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with anyone, do it with the True Blue Bookie who support us and our charity account. Download the app today or visit the website. Uh, thank you, bluebet.com.au. And what are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelpline.org.au. Gamble responsibly. Boxhead. That's us done for another week, mate. It is, mate. You got anything for us? Any TV shows, anything? I just, uh, I think I told you the other day, I had a look at The the Last King of the Cross. Yeah, you said that. It's not bad. It's not bad. Everyone's favourite, Matt Nabel. Is he in it? He's in it. He's the right-hand man to the main head honcho. Okay. He's got a bit to do. He's actually pretty good at old Matt Nabel. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, right. Working my way through that. Finished oh, off. This week. Uh, I don't know. Nothing. Oh, Succession started. Never seen Succession. Yeah, unreal. Uh, first episode of the last season, so it's pretty easy to catch up on. I think there's, well, now there's 30 episodes and this is the final season, so you can catch up. Wait, what's that? I say Godfather of Harlem. Uh, Succession's on um, Showcase or Binge or whatever. The Foxtel... Foxtel one. All right. I finished Mayor of Kingstown, season two. That finished up. That was good. Godfather of Harlem, I reckon that's got one to go. That's got Forrest Whitaker in it. That's unreal. I think you told me that one was good. Yeah, it's cool. That's third season, I think. Well, I've just finished up the latest season. I think it's this last week of the F1 show, Drive to Survive. I yeah. finished Full Swing, the PGA Tour. Docker and I finished Breakpoint, which is the tennis version. The Dolphins Docker is only three episodes. Yeah, that was it. I was oh, disappointed with that. I thought they were going I thought this was week. all right. And then yeah. it just stopped. I was like, maybe do a couple during the year, give us a bit of an update on some of the results. Uh, and... I would have liked to have seen it like Hard Knocks, just go every week. Because when they gave a little bit of insight to some of the player meetings and all that, like I got a good laugh out of that, especially when Abe's in there trying to talk for Milford and O'Sullivan's like, mate. You can't have big money. He's like, what do you mean big money? He's like, well, no one bloody wants it. I was <laughs> like, this is great. And yeah. Dressing down a manager, this is good. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought we were going to need a little bit more than that. Only three. Yeah, I was... For what it was, it was all right, but yeah. Yeah, no, it was cool. They wrapped I'm it just up. saying I wanted more. thought they might have, yeah. Maybe done a couple. I wanted more, mate. During the year. Ted Lasso, that's another one. Just get onto it. If you're not watching Ted Lasso, you're a nunce. Hmm. All that sports stuff was good. Um, but yeah, I guess it just I'm going to start watching the uh, other one on Apple TV, the Harrison Ford one. Harrison Ford. Uh, I think he's a psychologist. Yeah, he's, he's my man from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Jason Siegel. I love that guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just know Harrison Ford. Well, anybody out there, there there's, there's an old favourite. Again, we all know a lot of mm. comedy and stupidity. If you've never watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall, give yourself a triple and bang it on a table. I've never watched it. Well, you need to fucking run into a wall. Yeah, right. Russell Brand, him, it's all time. I prefer not to. You, no, you should. Miller Kunis too. That's one reason you should definitely watch it. Yeah, it's a bit overrated, Miller. Yeah. Get a sense of humour. It's a great movie. Great laugh. Seagull. Good. Good value. Yeah, right. Hater's in it. Paul Rudd's in it too. Good movie. Yeah. Big fan. Some of my favourites. That's good. So there you go. There's an old one if you haven't watched that one. If you want a good laugh, something easy to watch, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. There you go. No books, no pods, nothing? No, not this week. For everybody out there, again, things have gotten awfully fucking quiet. used to get inboxes and things on the chat page or, you know, if you've got movies or podcasts. No one's listening, mate. 
They've all switched off. No, maybe not. The, the, <laughs> the, in, the insights say otherwise, but the remarks have stopped coming through. People's ears are bleeding. If you've got movies, anything else, suggestions for us, or, you know, put some in the discussion. Get in the feed. Yeah. And also on that, get behind us. Where's the retweets, the likes? Get it out there. Things are a bit flat, considering the numbers there. I'm like, everyone's listening, but pump up the toys. Let's go. Yeah, right. Get on board. We love it. Get on board, man. Get on board. There you mm. go. Boxhead, who you got this weekend? Newcastle? We're at Newcastle. What day? Sunday, 3 o'clock at Blacktown. Good time. Disappointed we're not going to Mudgee. Yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been unreal. See the massacre? Very disappointed. Couple no, of... I wanted to play up there. Originally, we were scheduled oh, to play up go. there. And then, yeah. Well, I would have enjoyed it because basically, essentially, you're going to see our... Go and see our grandfather. Go see our grandfather. It's my birthday. Get on the beers and watch the footy. Oh. So... Would have been a good weekend. It would have been super. But Instead, go. we'll be at the Penrith Golf Club on Saturday night. Well, that works. If you want to come hurl abuse and you're a local. Yeah. The other thing is, if you're keen on it, we're going to have a live, thinking about having a live uh, meet and greet, plus a little preview show at one of the breweries in Penrith for State of Origin 1. So if that's something that interests you, we're trying to gauge interest in terms of how many people would turn up and we're going to have a chat to the venue this week just around what it looks like and... They're going to put a big screen and a projector up and, yeah, we're in sort of chats to do that. But obviously to do it, we need you, the fans, to turn up and show an interest and, um, yeah, tell us how many of you would roll up and, and watch the footy and have well, it on. this is probably something, again, for the page and the discussion page and all that as well, just to get... Well, a, if there's a a people go. listening, and they're probably listening on their phone, they'd have Facebook on their phone, they could easily just tweet at us or send us a message mm. and say, I am keen. But you might be a person for State who of Origin one. doesn't like the odds on the back end of this and you fucking turned off already. Yeah. <laughs> if you have, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just in case. But, yeah, we should throw something up if that's what we're looking at doing and gauge the interest. Yeah. Figure out some numbers. But we've said it for years. I still want to do a Super Saturday. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. A Super Saturday. Things would get awfully sideways. It'd be very interesting. Yeah, but yeah, this year hopefully we can squeeze a couple of those things in after a shit run with COVID and back to normality and um, around the footy having the draw week we could probably plan hopefully a couple this year would be nice and then I'd like to get it to a point where if the interest is enough we can do a couple every year where we either do an origin that's not in Sydney and maybe we do a couple of Super Saturdays and put it under a brewery or a local venue where it's a bit controlled and it's just you know listeners and people that love some footy around it and. Maybe we have a mic or a bit of an open chat for a little bit beforehand or during or whatever. And we just have beers together and watch footy and have a good time. Yeah, just like uh, Daniel, who we bumped into the grand final. Daniel! Daniel. Had a bump, we had a photo when he ran into us and And then we were with him and his wife for about two hours. Then we had another drink, then he had another drink, and then he just realised that we just drink and talk footy. It's a good time. Well, you guys so are he, right. he's already experienced the real life version you of guys, it. You guys are right. Like I said, bumping into us wasn't such a bad thing. You guys are okay, okay. Yeah. His ears were bleeding at the end, but I'm sure he had a good time. Couple of big fellas. Good egg. Couple, couple of big fellas. I told him Paramount had no chance. He wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you have broke my heart, sir. Yeah. But anyway. There you go. Bit of gibberish to end. We'll throw something up to get Gage interested on that. But fingers crossed for another cracking round of rugby league ahead. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Thank you, Sinclair, Hyundai, Toby and the team. Get you moving. Corner of York Road and Bat Street in the Riff and the Penrose Solar Centre. Jake and his team there. There is no one better to get a system from, invest in your home, and save some cash. Ola, 
Boxhead, thank you. And for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.